Hello, listening people. Ho, ho, ho. Is that a threat? I mean, it could be an insult, but I was just, you know, being Christmassy. Are you calling me a hoe? We haven't even introduced ourselves to audience members who don't know us, and you're already calling me a hoe. Already insinuating that I'm a prostitute. Okay, well, I'll introduce you. He's ho. And you're ho. Yep. And I guess there's also ho, but we won't talk about, talk about him, him yet. No, no, this is Ryan Slewinski. Oh, you got my name right. Introduce me, please. You are Bartek. Thank you. That's me, Bartek. I don't know how to pronounce your last name. That's okay. No one does. No human on earth. Other than yourself. How do you pronounce it? Correctly. <laughs> Thank you. So, you're listening to Spin Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. Why we call it Spin Polish? That's a very good question. It's because we are always spitting and we both happen to be Polish. And we both like presents. Yep, you've been making that a recurring statement in your... It's in it's a December avatar. it's a December thing, right? It's a December thing, is it? Yep. And Bartek, what is it that we do here on Unappreciated Masterpieces? On Unappreciated Masterpieces, we find them. Now, look, in a lot of contexts, them can mean freaking anything. It could even be like an, a replacement for pronouns or something like that. Uh, but not for us. We're, we're, we're he's. We're boring he's. But no, look. The them in our context here on Unappreciated Masterpieces is... Unappreciated Masterpieces. Specifically movies. Not Mona Lisa or anything like that. No, that's appreciated. appreciated. I'm, I'm very sorry. What's an unappreciated... Never mind. Um, unappreciated Masterpieces. <laughs> like movies... I don't know art. Okay, fine. No, it's just that I stopped caring. Um, <laughs> movies that need love... Haven't gotten love, maybe once had love and have lost it. Movies that, I suppose at the end of the day, deserve an audio commentary that really digs deep into why they should earn their love and their place in cinema history. That's right. And the thing that always gets me about these is they're movies. And movies are not only art, but they're a form of business as well. And people have spent time on each and every movie. There's someone who spent hours upon hours upon hours, days on days and days of their life working on a film. And what's their reward? No one wants to talk about it. No one wants to remember it. No one wants to see it. Their hard work has just been unappreciated in itself. And I think that's a part of this as well. Just to appreciate the masterclass work, whether it's down to the lighting guy or whether it's down to the lead actor. These people in these movies need to have the light shone upon them and their time in the sun. It's just like Vietnam veterans, Ryan. That's what we do on this show. What do you mean? Well, you know, they come back from the war and they're just not given respect. Oh, oh yeah, I thought you were like, they come back with like severe post-traumatic stress disorder and we just kind of ignore them because they're scary. No, the, the way they're treated by society is what I meant. Yes. It's a, it's a very smart comparison, I'd say. As, as you would. I'm very so, intelligent. we will be covering a film on this episode. Yeah. And we're going to do the audio commentary for it. And what is the film that we are going to cover in in depth today? You want the answer, Ryan? Because the answer is Vyasoishyont. Well, I don't know what that is. What? I don't know. Are you speaking Polish? You think after a year or so of doing this podcast, I would be aware what language you were speaking when you when you say the titles? But I I'm guessing Polish because we're both Polish. I don't speak it though. Oh oh, this I, is an embarrassment. I'm, I forgot. Um, stopping my act of pretending that you don't that I didn't know this. Uh, I'll get serious now. Um, Wiesowiczant is actually the Polish 
to the equivalent of Merry Christmas. So um, we're watching Merry Christmas? That's, Great. That's what it seems like. But no, Ryan, the movie that we are watching is Deck the Halls. Deck the Halls? The classic Matthew Broderick, Danny DeVito film, but Matthew Broderick's not in it. No. It's the other Simba voice. Yeah. What, what is it with Christmas episodes having Simba voices, Ryan? <laughs> Every Christmas episode we've done has had the voice of Simba involved One of somehow. them, yeah. Both of them. Oh, one of the voices of Simba. Oh, wouldn't it be great if they were in a Christmas movie together called Simba's New Holiday? Wouldn't it be great if there was a movie where Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Matthew Broderick are in the movie? No. The joke is that The Lion King is that movie. Lion King 2? No. I don't know, is it? So we're doing Deck the Halls, the 2006 classic with Danny DeVito, as mentioned. Finally, we have a DeVito movie. It feels so liberating to have him on the show. There are a lot of actors that we want to have. And with. talking about being on the show, yeah. Danny DeVito himself! Oh. <laughs> How good would that be? Yes, uh, I'll introduce the guest, but first I'll give the audience a little bit of history. So, 14 months Ooh. prior to this recording, Ryan and I started a podcast, and it's it's this podcast right here. Is Spit and Polish presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. On that day, um, Ryan Will and I, we sat down, and Ryan Will turned to me and said, Bartek, this is our first ever episode, but you, you have done podcasts before, so... He's a veteran. Uh, like a, a veteran, Vietnam one. Like a Vietnam veteran. Give us some pointers, and I did, and throughout that episode, Big Fat Liar, I would uh, make little jokes about, you know, how to do audio commentaries. Like, I'd point out, oh, you shouldn't do this thing that I'm currently doing, a little bit of cheeky fun. And as the, you know, 14 months have gone on, Ryan has improved vastly yeah, in the art of doing podcasts. Uh, he's not an awkward shit anymore. <laughs> That's a joke, Ryan. Um... But on that topic of me having done podcasts before, this is the episode where the past comes back to to inspect what I've been doing. The Ghost of Christmas Past. Yes, back in 2012, I did a podcast, and Reese was one of the uh, Reese who McKenzie, was a guest on the show. Who's been on the show? He was one of the hosts, but he barely turned up, so he kind of didn't really feel like he was. But the other guy, he was my main co-host, who was in every episode, and he's here today. To see exactly where I've gone since those 2012 days of like 24 episodes. He looks disappointed. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing <laughs> a brand new guest to the show, Mr. Nathan Malloy. I know, I'm building up with excitement and anticipation. I haven't seen you do podcasts in so long. Mm. I remember that dumpster fire that we created a couple of years ago was one of the most elaborate, over-the-top, <laughs> stupid podcasts I've heard in my whole entire life. Is it still available was... for everyone to listen to? I don't know. It's not. I had it's... to give him my copies. Okay, you need to upload them somewhere because that dumpster fire of a first episode where we spoke for, what, three hours about Star Wars? Was very voices. long. Yeah, whatever that disaster was that we pretended to call a podcast during my media classes is basically just the beginning of oh. what we're going to have today. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be podcasting so hard. So um, we'll just jump straight into the film, guys. So get your copy of Deck the Holes ready, because I imagine you all have a copy of Deck the Holes. It's quite easy to gain a copy of Deck the Holes, as we all know, because this is a cinematic classic. Like, it may not be appreciated, but it's still a holiday classic. So get your copy ready, because we're going to start this bad boy in three, two, one, play. So, Deck the Holes came out in 
2006? Yes, sir. Ten years ago. Ten Christmases ago. I know, it feels or just so nine-ish. Weird. We haven't got past the tenth one yet. Yeah. So, did we see this in the cinema? No. I didn't see it until yesterday. I didn't see it in the cinema either. No, had we at least... Bart, I hadn't seen this before. What about you, Malloy? Um, legitimately, the first time I saw it was yesterday. Because I had no idea this <laughs> film existed. And I'm like, where has this been for the last ten years? Well, it's been where it should be. In the Hall of Fame of Unappreciated Masterpieces. That's right. I'm, I'm declaring this the best film ever made. Yeah. It would, but it would be up there, definitely. It it's would be up... I mean, this mark. bird... Best bird ever made. I mean, that was a real bird. I know, it looks nothing like a puppet. It's so, so good. <laughs> so, this film, I had seen it before. I, I've seen it on TV, and I'm just like, oh, I like Matthew. Uh, yeah, I like JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yes, the voice of Simba. The voice of Simba. I love Simba. I love Lion King. And I love Danny... I love Danny DeVito. Mm. I think Danny DeVito's great. I could give a whole episode of this show just about Daddy DeVito, which we will be doing on a, on a level, because he's in this movie a lot. Mm. There's a lot of DeVito. I mean, not as much DeVito as one would like, you know, uh, not enough naked DeVito. But we do get our fill. There is a naked DeVito. We do get our taste. May I just say, the fact that this film starts with a horny old lady is one of the most amazing things of a Star Trek Christmas film I think I've ever seen in my life. Well, you should be proud. Speaking of horny, um, one of the people he's about to say hi to is played by the actor Fred Armisen, who I feel is best remembered in his classic role in the film... This guy right here in the film Eurotrip, where he played the guy who kept saying Miss Scusi. Oh, is that the Tunnel Man? Yep. Oh my God, how did I not notice him? Yeah, he's in because he's he doesn't in... look anything like that. I he guess. he <laughs> is also obviously in the TV show Portlandia, yeah. which is that uh, interesting sketch show, and he's great. Uh, and he's German in this, which I believe. He was also in the Dictator. Who hasn't been in The Dictator, to be honest? Uh, I'll give you a clue, Danny DeVito. Oh, that's he true. He was too busy making this movie four years prior. Yeah, but Ben Kingsley was in that movie. Yes, he was. <laughs> but um, As the villain, I believe. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I saw, I saw this movie... I've seen this movie quite a few times. And oh, okay. I watched it last night, again, in preparation. Yeah. And what an experience it was to see this movie as a full-grown adult. It's different when you see a movie as a teenager and then see it as an adult. Oh, yeah, I had that with Scooby-Doo. Like, you know, like, you, you feel like, oh, you're a teenager, you should pick up on all the adult nuances of a movie. But this, I was... I was surprised. Yeah, there is definitely a lot. Not even really hidden in this film. It's kind of just shoves in your face, like, every, what, 10, 20 minutes? There's at yeah. least one adult joke in there that's just like, oh, hello, what? Hello, <laughs> not, not you his penis. Yeah. Hello. Oh, hello. Yeah, not too long from now, we're going to have a meth lab reference. Yeah. Wait. Yes. yes. Yes, we are. And this is before Breaking Bad, so <laughs> it's even stranger that he says it. Because well, it's like, in the popular zeitgeist, every time you see an RV and they point out that it's a meth lab, you think, oh, well, that's like a Bre Breaking Bad reference, because everything references Breaking Bad down to Zootopia, the kids' movie. Uh, so it's like this, well, did this inspire Breaking Bad I, with I, that one comment? I was about to say, if, if those, what you just said there is a reference to Breaking Bad, it's a secondary reference, because this is the primary reference. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, it's a story about one man who's an optometrist, who's casually living his life when a next door neighbour comes into town, moves in at, what was it, like, nine o'clock at night? Yeah, well, across the road neighbour, first of all. Across but, the road. Yeah, close enough. Neighbour, and he's just like, 
let's cook meth and he's and that's yeah yeah and he's like let's cook meth as all great family get together to begin with starts with terrible looking pizza leads to meth and then it leads to a good time this pizza looks so plastic but here's the thing I'm very confused by with the pizza yeah you think they ordered the pizza didn't you it looks frozen you think they ordered but, but look what they're serving it on it's like did she cook it and she's like, I'll put it on the maybe, on the pizza tray. Maybe it's homemade? Oh, look, it's the Christmas event calendar that you thought was going to be, like, a big thing in the movie, but it rarely comes into it at all. At least it's, you know, shown every now and then. It is yeah. shown. It is shown. It's you know what the shown. rule of film is? Show, don't, don't tell. tell. The, rule exactly. is, the rule is you have to flip the three first. Now, sometimes we've had movies on the show, Malloy, that do the opposite, tell, don't show. Yeah. And we've had movies that... Show and show, and movies that tell and tell. Wait, what's a show and show? Well, clearly you have not watched every episode. I definitely every have episode. Not. Clearly, I haven't had. The you time. have not watched Just Visiting. That's a movie. No, that movie decides to do neither. It decides to. It decides not to show and not to tell. <laughs> But this is a movie that does all of it. It shows and shows, it tells and tells, it shows and tells, it tells and shows. It's a movie with multiple intricate layers to it. It is a Christmas film at the end of the day. Where, how do you guys feel about the genre that is Christmas as a, as a film genre? Like, it is its own thing. Yeah, it's true. But when you look at, like, Christmas films on a large scale, I feel like they're either complete masterpieces amazing, for example, the film we're just watching. Of course. Or they're, they're the biggest dumpster fires I've ever seen in my whole entire like, life. Like what? Oh, my it's God. It's a Wonderful Life, I agree. That sucks. Yeah, there was that... Oh, Elf. Elf is terrible. Oh, don't you dare. <laughs> what? Don't you dare. We've had an episode on the show, Zathora, check it out, in which one review that we read from IMDb, IMDb was nothing but, I love the Elf movie <laughs> with Will Ferrell. I, I love Elf the movie. Everyone loves Elf. How does everyone love Elf? Because you're behind. You it's know what a that delusional mo- giant you know, man that you doesn't You know what that understand. movie did? That movie guaranteed that Jon Favreau would direct Iron Man. How? Because he directed that before. So just because he made something because they terrible. See, they could see that he can do not only good things films, like he can do swing, terrible films. What is it? Like Swingers. No, he can do he can do adult and family, and that's what Iron Man's about. It's an adult and family movie. It blends the two. Thanks, Christmas. I don't know. I think that's quite the stretch. I feel like he could have taken that years look, off and he still would have made look, Iron just Man. because you haven't done a bit of warm-ups to stretch. Oh, okay. Unlike me. No, fair enough, fair enough. Well, we, we had to walk here from the tram stop, right? It was very Oh, no. So, this is an interesting film concept, concept for a Christmas genre movie. What is the plot to you, Malloy, to this film? Oh, I'd say the plot is... Delusional man that travels everywhere, finds something insane, decides to do it, and everyone loves it except for the neighbour. Okay, interesting. Did you hear that, Bartek? Interesting how he phrased that. That's the thing I loved about that this movie. He went with, it's a movie about a guy who moves in and this. So in his perspective, Danny DeVito's the main character of this story. Hmm. How I would have interpreted is it's a story about an uptight 
man who rules Christmas with an iron fist and a more carefree, looser kind of guy moves in next door and shows him that Christmas can be more relaxed and fun and wacky. That's like, because it's like, who is the main character of this movie? Bartok, how would you describe the plot? Well, one of the conflicts I had when I was watching this movie was comparing it to another movie, but the problem is that this other movie came out a few years after this one. Mm. Naturally, I'm talking about Lakeview Terrace, wherein in that... (laughs) Naturally, I'm talking about a thriller with Samuel Jackson. Yes. Yes, because in that movie, in the episode that we did on it, you might remember that I said that... Sex um, joke number one? Uh, no, that's like number two. The old Wait. lady's already happened. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's more a statement of their, her character than a joke. But in a, in a minute, we'll be going to their house and there'll be like a couple more. Yeah, um, oh, there's way more. But again, in the Lakeview Terrace episode that we did, I, I talked about how the beginning part of the movie, before it got to the super, super serious bits, it kind of had this kind of like neighbours bickering, fighting kind mm. of pettiness about it. And this movie kind of takes that idea... And just rolls with it for most of it. Mm. Mm. But um, if, if I would have to say who the main character is, the film's kind of started you off with a bias by first introducing the JTT character. But at one point, uh, I should also mention that in this sequence here, where we're being introduced to Buddy Hall and his uh, wife and daughters, they kind of seem like they're not main characters because they got all these kookiness about them and all these main characters that we've had uh, from this like normal perspective, even though it's a dysfunctional family, are seeing them as like, wow, these guys are really weird. But later on, uh, Buddy Hall and his wife, played by Kristen Chenoweth, um, mm. both... He's get- been on the show before. Yes. Yeah. In a pretty good movie. Boy uh, Next Door, boy check next it out. Door. Um... But later on, these two characters, who are right now are kind of like kooky side characters, kind of have their own main characterish scenes where they have a serious relationship problem. Some could argue they're the real heroes of the movie. Or yes. the real story of the film. This is why I come back to them being the main characters, because everything of their story arc is way more interesting. The whole story is based on it. And it seems like every key point in the story involves these two. Oh, yeah. And that's why, like, it seems strange that they start the film with the other couple, the angry guy, because, you know, he's eccentric, but it doesn't really move the story forward. Like, it seems like he's just a byproduct of the story. Uh, yeah, I was paying, I was trying to pay attention, Malloy, but her breasts were on screen, so oh, I'm I don't know. sorry. Like, after a while <laughs> yeah. in this film, I'm like, ah, you get used to it. No, what actually happens is they're less shown in the movie. <laughs> she gets modest as it goes along, and I'm like, thanks. Film. Also, damn Christmas. That was probably for the cameraman. Just kept filming the wrong thing, and they're like, "Crap, we can't do this. Just, just change." Also, Ryan, what is it with um... breasts? I don't know. It's just something primal. Yeah, just flesh on the chest. No, um, <laughs> actors who have been in Shaggy Dog reappearing on this show in snow-based movies. Who is in the Shaggy Dog in this? <laughs> yeah, who? The freaking um, the JTT's wife. wife. Wasn't she the mum? Was she? Oh yeah, I think because she's Davis? she's the chick from um, Sex and the City. Yeah, and on the other movie I was referring to was the daughter in the Shaggy Dog was in Snow Day. Ah uh, yes, I know that. So this movie now leaps forward to us being shown Danny DeVito as the main character. Yeah. From this point on, Danny DeVito is the main character. It's a, no, it's a it's a duel. Like 
No, I'm the main character. No, I'm the main character. It's like the film has taken something very brilliant, which is the underlying thing in this movie is rivalry. Yes. They're rivals. Yes. He wants to be friends, but they're rivals. And it's like the movie took a wicked step and said, how about we do the structure of a normal movie and make that into a rival in itself. Instead of having a main character, we have two main characters and the amount of screen time and how much we follow their journeys is kind of like a rivalry in itself in which one character you think's the main one. No, I'm the main one. No, I can ice skate. No, I can drive the story forward. No, I can. It's interesting. Yeah, no, it really is. I honestly never looked at it that way. Because as soon as this main character gets introduced, I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. I just didn't care to a certain extent. Because it seems like the whole lighting up the building seemed like a way more interesting story than, ah, da, da, I can't sleep for a month. Oh, it's kind of... well, yeah. But then, you know, who's the antagonist of the movie? Yeah, it's hard. I think it's Christmas. It's hard. Yeah, definitely Christmas. Yeah, it's hard to tell because with protagonists... Um, you've typically got elements of them that are positive, that, you know, you can like, but they've also got, like, negative qualities. Qualities that might be, like, their weaknesses or their sensibilities. Both these characters have motivations and strengths as well as their own weaknesses and flaws. So it's very hard to say that one is the protagonist over the other. That is fair. You know what I like? This this guy in the centre of these three guys, not this ginger, but the one, him, this guy here... He's in the movie White Chicks. Uh, yeah. And he plays one of the rival cops in that movie, and then he proceeds to sniff a man's underwear, thinking it's women's underwear. And he plays the exact same character in this movie as he does in that movie, and it just makes me wonder, is this his origin story? <laughs> I haven't seen White Chicks in so And then long. it started from the police officer who was wearing female clothes yeah. later on the film. So yeah. is that where the whole thing Oh my god, yes! Is can that we, where it all starts from? Can we talk about that? Um, do you, you want like to talk to... about when it comes up, or do you want to talk about it now? They've already brought up the fact that there's right. a police officer that wears underwear. Is, the, okay. is it the mayor or the sheriff? It's the, the mayor. sheriff. No, it? the mayor brings up that the sheriff oh, wears yes, women's yes, underwear. That's the what you mean, yes? Yeah. Yeah. The, he goes, yeah, the only secret I know is this. <laughs> and he's like, whoops. Yeah, and he's and really good at keeping it. Until later just on, it. you see that scene play out, and it is this. Okay, I love this movie. It's a great film, but there's reasons why it's unappreciated. There's flaws in every movie, even a masterpiece. You know, like Citizen Kane has a flaw, and that he that Orson Welles literally had to cut a hole into so he could put the camera down. But no. Yeah. There's a flaw in that movie, which is there's a scene in Citizen Kane where it transitions and it's just like a weird cockatoo is on the screen and it screeches. That's a flaw in a great film. This movie has two flaws that are both hilarious, might I add, which is Matthew Broderick goes to see... JTT? uh, Sorry, JTT. Jonathan Taylor Thomas goes to see the sheriff... And he's wanting to file a report or whatever. And he sees that he's wearing women's underwear. And he's like, oh, that's fine. I don't... Fine, whatever. And then for some reason, when the sheriff walks over to go get him the paperwork, he just leaves. Yeah, because he sees, like, oh, he's also wearing, like... Women's underwear. Panties. Yeah, which he also said. And he's just like, that's the line? Where he's like, no, that's too much for me to actually get the law. See, I'm surprised. I thought you were going to say the floor is the fact that no one else has seen the most obvious thing. Yeah. And so until that day, at that moment, he's never bent down over to pick anything up. Well, no, one's looking, at, other... no one's looking at the superior's ass. It's bright pink. 
You can see it from a mile away. <laughs> What's the deal with women's underpants on What's men? the deal with pink underpants? No, I'm serious. Like, a guy could walk in, a police officer, starting his shift, and he'd see this bright pink thing, and he'd go like, what the f- is, uh, what clearly, is that? You know, clearly, you were never raised in the country because the cops are pretty lazy. To, to give my <laughs> credit, I don't know. They're really obvious. To give my credit, pink is very close to red, and red is the colour that travels the furthest. Wow, I learned something. Yep. And... I know we're skipping forward, but my favourite part of this movie... Yes? My favourite part of the entire film is Kristen Chenoweth. Yeah? And Kristen Davis. Kristen Davis is like, I want to... I'm sick of compiling people's cookbooks, because that's what she does, isn't it? She edits people's cookbooks and compiles them into her own I'm sick of having the easiest job on the planet. (laughs) What's wrong with you? That no one buys these cookbooks. And then JTT says... You should write your own recipes. And she's like, no. And then Kristen Chenoweth says, hey, I've got an idea. You should write your own recipes. And she's like, that's a great idea. But that's not the part that gets me. She goes, oh. Kristen Chenoweth's like, oh, (laughs) I've got the title. (laughs) Food, food. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I mean, you could call it. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? That. That's the thing I love about these movies is sometimes you have to sit down and say to yourself, someone, yeah. say, at 8 o'clock at night, they just finished dinner, they had to finish off the script draft, and they said, oh, they have to have a name for their recipe book, but let's make it something interesting. Oh, I can't think of anything. Oh, it would be something like food, food. Oh. And they sent it through. And then Christian Chenoweth got that script, read it, and said, yeah. yeah. And then was like, learn the lines, Christian. Food, food! Nailed it. See, it's not the fact that someone wrote that. It's, you know, every film, the script goes through, what, like five, six different people that yeah. read and sign and off they all and agree. Tick, and they tick, all tick. went, food, food. Yes. yes. I'm going to sign off and put my name on food, food. This is what I'm putting my whole career down <laughs> as food, food, as the highlight and pinnacle of my script writing talent is food, food. It's, it's, ca- it's kind of like how in Cannibal the Musical the word spadoinkle was meant to be like a placeholder until they could come up with something else. But then they were like, fuck But it. then like, it actually works. Let's just keep spadoinkle. <laughs> no, it's, it's one of these interesting film moments where she says food, food, that I was in... And this is... I said it was a weakness, but it's also a strength because sometimes you need to be in awe from movies. And movies give variant amounts of emotions to people but you know like I'm always drawn into a story but I'm never crying from a movie I'll laugh for sure but I'm really in awe of something from a movie like truly like I have to stand back and be like wow I had to rewind that section to make <laughs> sure that I was correct I didn't want to walk on this show and be like did she say food food and then Bartek will turn around and be like no she said food for food Ryan come on yeah. and I'm like, oh I'm an idiot but it's just like, it's actually what she said. Okay, can, before we leave, can I question the whole logic of this whole entire website? The you mean fa- my Earth, not Google? No, okay, the pop point, Google Earth doesn't live update that often. No, but this is my Earth? You're right, well, there's 10 bajillion satellites in the air taking constant photos. And Kumar from Harold and Kumar is involved? Actually, to be fair, if I was running a satellite world, I'd probably put Kumar in charge of it. <laughs> you remember that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I still haven't seen the movie. But you know him, right? Yeah, I kind of do, yeah. yeah. Wasn't he on Community? 
Yeah, I think so. Everyone's yeah, I think been, everyone's been on Community. I'm pretty sure that, you know, JTT was on Community. It feels well, right. It's a classic. Community's incredible. It is, but it's no Deck the Holes. Now, why... I was going to say, why does this movie exist to you? Why is this a thing that is in our universe? Bartek? Yeah, let's have a little think about that. Um, so, two, two thousand six. What are the what are the Christmas movies came out in two thousand six? I'm not too sure. I know Christmas with the Cranks came out sometime around then, and that's a cinematic classic. We'll have to do it on the show. Um, I'm not too sure. I don't even remember what the last Christmas movie that came out this year would be. A Christmas Office Party or something? Yeah, no, it'd have to be Christmas Office Party. Not, not Why Not Him yeah. with Brian Cranston say- and James Franco, which we will do on the show, I feel. <laughs> what is with recently, all the Christmas movies are all dark and edgy and they're all like, oh, I'm they're so dirty. Rebellious. Yeah, they're all dirty all of a sudden. What because happened? Bad Santa happened 10 years ago. But Bad Santa, that's what was around when this came out. So you got the cinema and see Bad Santa... Or Deck the Halls. Is Bad Santa a family movie? No. No, but it's a Christmas movie. It's okay. a Christmas That's the point. All Christmas movies now are kind of like for adults right now. Well, this movie's for adults as well. Yeah, yeah but sort it wasn't. Of, yeah. Sort of. Uh, is it for kids <laughs> when he catcalls his daughter? Well, it's... A... <laughs> oh, well, you know, it happens to all children. This is, the, no, this is one of the good things. <laughs> <laughs> what happened in your childhood, my lord? Like, sorry. <laughs> um, is... No, but the, the, the point is, what I'm trying to say is the fact, like, this bases itself as a children's film. And has adult jokes in it. The Christmas films that are coming out right now are basically just adult films. Which Mm. is raising a really interesting point. Because all the children who are being born recently that watch Christmas films, their options are terrible Disney Christmas films or things that are way outside their age range. They can't watch anything at all. No, well, screw Mm. kids. They can watch Deck the Holes if they really wanted. Which we recommend that you raise your kids on this movie. Hopefully your kid grows up to be Danny DeVito. I know that's what I would want. Or even better, one of the three dancers at a Christmas-themed ball where they all have the whole stage. Like in Mean Girls. Yes, mm. exactly. So maybe one reason, uh, hypothetical reason for why this film exists. Um, perhaps back then in 2006, they were, th- they were thinking, oh, there's not really any uh, family Christmas movies coming out then. Let's just come up with one or deck the halls. Yeah, someone make that. And maybe the studio kind of was didn't have their heart in it, and maybe that was a detriment to it. But maybe the director himself, he wanted to give the film a heart. And did he? I think he did, but unfortunately a lot of critics didn't. But you know, a lot of critics, uh, critics probably don't have the spirit of Christmas in their hearts. That's right, they don't have a heart. Roger Ebert didn't even write a review, review for this film. Motherfucker. And you know who did? Siskel, and he was dead. Yeah. He's, so, because Siskel's dead, he knows all about Christmas. Yeah, especially as someone I do believe was Jewish. <laughs> I mean, that's alright. Aren't most of these Christmas films made by Jewish? Well, Hollywood. Oh, we're yeah. going to stereotype, aren't we now? I don't know, are we? It's <laughs> ironic because De- Danny DeVito and uh, a lead here, JTT, are both Jewish. Like, that's the thing. I mean, well, that's really matter, that's but... a that's and they're the both thing like, I'm I've, the Christmas man. That's a thing that I've read mixed things about. Like, IMDb trivia did say that they're both Jewish, but another trivia that I read on another website said that Danny DeVito is Christian, but his wife is Jewish and he's very open about that culture. 
Yeah, I don't know what Danny DeVito's uh, religious beliefs are. I feel like he's his own system of belief. Yeah, I feel like he was going to make his own religion and then he just didn't do it. Or is he it... made it and he just didn't tell anybody. Would his... he Would he be a Festivus man, you reckon? He would be a DeVito man. Yeah. Where his Christmas would just be doing what Danny DeVito does. Like, yeah, we have to every... follow him. Imagine, like, the whole world is tuned in to what he's doing every moment and we have to follow <laughs> like I feel like a Danny well. DeVito Christmas is just every day with him except he has a hat. That's the only difference. <laughs> oh, like, like, oh, yeah, no, it's every day is like oh, a tram driver. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah, why? Can I just say, if it, I'm questioning that tram drive, driver wearing a Santa's hat, do you reckon he chose to wear that hat? Or do you reckon Yarra trams are like... You're wearing a Christmas hat. You have to be jolly. But I'm We're Muslim. Covering... It's like, doesn't matter. <laughs> and they just cover the whole entire thing. Cause... Oh, he's dead on the inside, this this young man. This scene actually made me laugh. And I feel kind of bad for it making wow. me laugh. It made me feel uncomfortable because of the massive erection it gave me. I really like. See, this at scene. this part, <laughs> at this part, I thought they're doing a really adult joke. And then they zoomed out. I'm like, okay, it's not as bad. Like, just the movement and how close it was. I'm you like, oh! Was, you thought he was joking. Yeah, I honestly did. That's why he... Why I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and then they do me like, oh, okay. It's just a... I'm glad we had no lawyer on for this because I also thought that he was masturbating. No, seriously. <laughs> it seen, was and just I, close enough. And I had seen the movie the, oh. before. Yeah, I was just close enough. I'm like... Wait. Oh, okay. All right, all right. It's not as bad. See, that's that's nothing like my experience. My experience was like, Danny DeVito's telling the truth. You do share body temperature by getting naked. You Good just for wish, you. You just wish you were there with Danny DeVito. Basically. He is the Danny DeVito in this situation. Well, I mean, it was kind of cold in my room when I was watching it, so... Yeah. You know, so you just exactly. wish that you had a little JTT to warm up? I mean, jeez, come well, on. Little Danny oh, my God. DeVito. If they made a little no, toy, DeVito. which is just a naked Danny DeVito, there would be, like, a little warm... Like, no, like... You know those troll... No, you know those Furbies? It's just a shaved one of those. <laughs> yeah, except it's got, like, a hot water bottle component. That's what its belly so is. So here's a question I've got to ask about this photo here. I'm very confused. So, did he photoshopped his head onto that? I, no, I think they dragged him there. I think that's what they? the jokes are. Oh, I thought they just like cut out a picture of him on the hospital bed and stuck it on. Yeah, I thought the they body. like had a picture of because he has the tubes in his nose. That's the whole point. I thought the joke was while he was out, basically cold. They picked him up, put him on the sleigh. And oh, took the photo. but but where? Like that photo was outside. Yeah, so was the sleigh. <laughs> but, like, he had medical equipment. Actually, that raised another question. Isn't the sleigh at the bottom of the lake? Yeah, well, you know, look, they dragged it well, out with him. Well, the, that that one is, <laughs> but uh, they use Santa's. Malor, you're asking oh. not the right questions. It's what true. you should be asking was, is this, is are the horses okay? <laughs> I hope they are. Did they fall in the water? No, no, no. no. They off. disconnected on the road. That's why he flew in the air. Well, yeah. to be fair, those horses were wild in the first place. No, yeah, they but now should we be got back antennas. in there. Now we got antlers. Oh, yeah, and they got duct tape. Oh, and there's yeah. a horror movie happening outside someone's house <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, it's where a separate like, oh film. They're like, oh, God, oh, so they're like calling some, the police. There's these dangerously reindeers just bashing up they run, they run up to some stoners, and the stoners think that it's some secret message from Santa. Yeah. They're having their now, own movie. This scene demonstrates something that I like about Danny DeVito. I agree. Do you know what I'm going to say? Can um, I guess? Go. He's really good at pratfalls. He is. But what I'm going to say is something that I feel like Danny DeVito doesn't get a credit for, which is he's got dwarfism. 
He's a very little guy. Like, he's just on the borderline of being I, the height of a dwarf and not. Like, he yeah, is. I, I it's heard an that, argument. I heard that it's not dwarfism. It's some actual, like, bone disorder that makes him short. But it's not t- technically oh, yeah. dwarfism. Yeah. Or, but, you know, he still has that kind of thing. He's short. Where he's a short guy. And what this movie does, that most movies does, is Danny DeVito has never been truly typecasted as an actor for being short guy. Rarely in his career has that been the main attribute of yeah. what character he's playing. I mean, in movies like, say, Batman Returns, where he's playing the penguin, it's just kind of obvious, because he's the height of a penguin, but it's never like, yeah, he's short. Like, I mean, there are jokes, obviously, like in Twins, but they're never like, he never plays the dwarf roles. He never plays the short guy roles. In this movie, he's just a guy. And that joke there where he fell in the snow and no one could see him was just a subtle, subtle reference to him being short. Because he's so tiny that you can't even see him. See, it's weird. I never connected him falling and not being seen and him being short until right now. Exactly, like, right? I yeah, never made that smart. connection. And that's subtle. And that's why, like, I really do appreciate that Daddy DeVito has managed to ride this in his entire career, where he could be, like, say, Peter Dinklage. He's he's a dwarf actor, and he's getting a, he's he's an acclaimed actor, but he's still getting the dwarf roles or roles that really rely on him. And I think he's going to break out of those because we've seen the caliber of his performance is so good in like Game of Thrones and and obviously Pixels. And <laughs> I feel like he could be the next Danny DeVito in terms of breaking off this typecast. But the thing about Danny DeVito is he's never had that from the start. Like, one of his first movies was One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. And it was never mentioned that he was a short guy in that. And it's just like, I really love that movies and TV shows that Danny DeVito's in rarely make a joke. Like, in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I've watched all of it. They've probably made two, three maybe jokes about him being short. And, a, like, a direct joke about it. And that's it. Well, I want to ask you this question. Um, he's not exactly... He's kind of also a bit fat. They use yeah, that a bit he, more? Yeah, they use that a bit more. They just use that he's an awkward-looking guy. More like he's just kind of weird. Like, they use the fact that Danny DeVito's gross. I think that's what Danny DeVito's comedy and his typecast is. That he's a despicable little... Like, he's a despicable man. Like, he just oozes something uncomfortable. You kind of like a sleaziness, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a sleazeball, and that's what this movie does too, because he is sleazy in this. Yeah, because I feel like there's always that one typecast character that Hollywood seems to pick and then put in everything. Mm. Like that's the thing, Danny DeVito doesn't fit exactly in, in either one of them, so that's why he doesn't get typecast like that. Mm. Like, um, it's is it Ricky Gervais? No, mm. not Ricky Gervais. Um, who's the short guy that goes with Carl Pilkington? Yeah, Ricky Gervais. Yeah, is it Ricky Gervais? Yeah, Ricky Gervais was that specific thing yeah. for like the longest time. And it seems like every time in Hollywood there's always that one actor. There's um oh what was he called? How did I forget him? The the fat guy who was the plumber, the Australian film that I absolutely hated. Oh, uh, Kenny. Yeah, Kenny Shane was Jacobson. that fat guy for like ages and he still kind of is. Mm. But it seems like Hollywood always gets that one typecast except for Danny DeVito because he doesn't exactly fit in one typecast and I honestly think that's worked out really well for him I think it has and I think it has and it's this thing about Danny DeVito is he doesn't have the little man syndrome in his performance where he's got to prove himself it's just like you just believe that he's a powerful guy in this like look at his outfit he looks like the top shit in this like this scene alone visually look at them 
usually in film and visual language, Matthew, I mean, JTT would be the one who's superior because just because he's physically taller than him. But who owns this scene? Danny DeVito. It's not just because of his outfit, but his demeanor, his the way he speaks, and the way that everyone reacts to Danny DeVito. It's just an interesting way that he carries himself as a performer physically, as well as in his voice. He's got that voice. He's got the DeVito voice where I'm so confident. Mm. I just like, I love Danny DeVito. I think he's really underrated. Yeah, and I like how he does have that whole, you know, power presence thing. And they don't need to rely on, like, the typical low angle shot to be like, yeah, you're beneath him. Yeah, exactly. And look- Some of the angles are actually kind of high, in fact. Yeah, and look at this image alone. If you took this image out of place, it could be coming across as a comedy image because, like, tall guy, little guy. But it's not at all like that because Danny DeVito is no, no kind of puns or jokes intended, but he's above that. Hmm. Yeah, he he definitely takes basically every scene he's in, which especially in this film. Like, because that's the thing. You kind of forget about all the other characters when Danny DeVito is in his film, which is surprising. Like, I didn't expect it. That's mm. why, like, one of the biggest things I was surprised about this film, I'm like, this is basically Danny DeVito's film. Yeah, it is. But you know, you know what? I think it is. Oh, look, Hurley from Lost. Um, yeah, I would laugh so hard about that because I, my brain went. So when the plane crashed, they got stuck on an the island. They went to purgatory. And spoiler this is alert for Lost. No one's gonna ever watch Lost. And I like to think after purgatory, this is where he ended up. Yeah, with Danny DeVito. Yeah, in Christmas town. Really, really wanting to know about Tinsel. So, this is heaven. After purgatory, <laughs> this is heaven. If I died, went to purgatory, and then I was woken at the pearly gates by Danny DeVito, and he was like, here's my Tinsel advice. I would be in heaven. <laughs> Help too. me make a Christmas house. It'd be perfect. <laughs> Yeah, a light so you can see from space. It's like, oh, so heaven's Wait, below space? The best line, that's okay. You could take Toe Jam Day? He, the, the the kind of... Uh, the power's getting to him. He's saying a bit of insulting things. But Sorry. none of it makes sense. <laughs> Is that actually a day? No. Oh, no. okay. Because I just... With all the weird stuff, like how there's a day for pancakes. Oh, and like but, Groundhog Day. Yeah, the, I oh, just maybe. had no idea at this point if that was actually an American day. Like, a day it's the day no... where you clean between your toes. Mm, or eat it. There's a day for tacos. Wait, wait. Nothing would surprise me. Cookbook for real mums who cook for real families. And I have the title for you. Food, food. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe. And they're like... It's hyphenated too. And they're like, that's a... And they both chink their glasses. And they're like, that's a great idea. And, oh, and you know what, Ryan? She will help her write it. Yeah, because, you know... She's got it because she's blonde. I was going to say, to be fair, they're wasted at this point. So anything would probably seem like a good idea. We haven't talked about the kids, which no, is what not. Christmas films are usually about. Yeah, and the kids definitely make up a large part of uh, our main... Sorry, not our main character. One of our main characters' motivations. The fact that they're the kids kind of want his attention. Yeah, it's very much like Walter White in Breaking Bad again. It's... See, it's, it, he does it for his family, but he does it actually for him. Well, it's also very much like the films that we've done on this show where Dad becomes an animal, because... Oh, those classic... You know... <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Nine Lives and the Shaggy Dog. Oh, I still see Nine Lives. I'm so upset. <laughs> so, this film's... This film touched us all in the heart. Fred's here. Miss now, now, here's the thing about this movie. Yeah. The behind-the-scenes info. 
It's, oh, it's very distressing. It's not that much of a scoop, but oh, it do is you know this info. Movie? No. Oh. This film, the fact that it exists, really, really, really attests to its brilliance. Because really, on a level, it shouldn't. Behind the scenes was nightmare. Apparently, Danny DeVito. Apparently, after each scene was done, would literally get in a plane and fly all the way back home. He'd fly in to say his lines and fly home. Really? He would interact. He would go home. Which is weird, because you don't think that of Danny DeVito, but apparently he didn't care about this project, but that doesn't show in his performance. He really nails it. This is him not caring. Imagine how much it would have been better. Imagine this Oscar-winning film. This yeah. would have been Oscar-winning if he cared. Then Matthew Broderick was the best one. I mean, <laughs> J- Jonathan Taylor Thomas was the best one. Uh, Simba was the best one. Apparently, he was very, very pale, shaking, and walking around muttering to himself, saying... This is it. I, my career's over. <laughs> no, no, it was I hit rock bottom. Oh, and it was I hit rock bottom. I hit rock bottom. And just muttering to himself that his career's basically done. Wow. Christian Chenoweth was crying all the time because she recently broke up with her boyfriend, Aaron Sorkin, who wrote The Social Network. And Kristen Davis here was walking around suggesting to the younger female cast members to... Freeze their eggs while they still have them. <laughs> uh, so, um. What? <laughs> and another behind the scenes thing was they spent a like. Family picture! Another. You want to hear another behind the scenes thing? The twin girls. Yeah. You know, this is so I good. don't know if yeah. I have. The twin girls, for two weeks, spent five hours a day rehearsing the dance. Yeah. That you see in the movie. For like a few Two seconds. Two weeks, five hours a day. If you actually watch their dance, it doesn't add up. Okay, <laughs> now I'm really anticipating the dance. Because before I went, ah, eh, whatever, it's just some lame scene. No, they put thing. it together. They really put effort in. Oh my god. I love this guy. He was one of my favourite characters because he never came back again. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> one scene, well, one He needed to run away before, you know, JTT would beat him up. Wouldn't it be really movie? interesting if he wasn't actually there? Like, he didn't exist. Yeah. It was like a It'll be like figment. the stress is getting. Or to... it's actually Danny DeVito's lights. What's his last name? Finch? Yeah, Steve Finch. Finch. Steve Finch. And Buddy Hall. Yeah, Buddy Hall I remember. Oh, perhaps I should mention the quiz that I found for this movie. Do go. Okay, so... Did you show Malloy this? No, I did not. Oh, boy. What? Um, oh, boy, Malloy. Ju- just to let you know, Malloy, on this show, I like to look up uh, fan-made quizzes for these movies just Ooh. to find a- uh, funny answers that come up. Um, and I haven't been having luck for a very long time because these movies just haven't been having quizzes. But this one right here, I found a quiz, and it was, you know, called Deck the Holes Quiz. Yeah. Um... <laughs> And every single question was about celebrities or uh, with the last name Hall or celebrities related to celebrities with the last name Hall. Really? Yes. So Buddy Hall's name was in the move in the quiz, and okay. for some reason, the, the whole title "Deck the Halls." They kept using like the word "deck" As in a in bunch punch. of punch. Yeah, b- punch. I decked him. <laughs> yeah, it was just a really bizarre quiz. Like, why? One of them was like, "I hope no one deck this old lady's holes." <laughs> <laughs> like, I I kind of skimmed through all the questions because, like, what? wait, didn't you answer all of them? No, I didn't. I answered all of them. Got seven out of ten because <laughs> nice. I genuinely didn't know the answer to some of them and just winked it. Okay. And I thought, you were like, Bartek messaged me saying, "So you ready for tomorrow?" I'm like, "Oh, he wants me to do the quiz. There must be something involved." 
I did do it. Okay, <laughs> I did do it, but then I was like, oh, hold on. This is actually an amazing scene because the song they picked for this scene fits so well. Do you remember it? No. What was the it song? Was, it was Christmas Day riding on an open sleigh. Oh. It was one of the most genius picks because I'm like, that is really smart. Oh, here's your scene, by the way. What did this guy do? Is it because he's wearing a necklace? He was being, <laughs> he was being naughty. Yeah, okay. So when you see the scene, you'll understand what I meant from earlier. There is no possible way that no one else has ever noticed this until right now. I'll be 100% honest with you. When he bent over and Matthew Broderick just left, I did not know why he left. I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? He's getting you the paperwork. Yeah, you, you just pull out the phone. Just... No, I, I I really didn't notice that there was panties involved. I was like, oh, okay. Well, you didn't notice the panties? No, I noticed him scratching this, but when he bent over, I didn't actually notice. I was well, say, that's going go against Malloy's claim that you can see it from a mile you away. You can see it from a mile away. We're gonna watch Unless this. it looks a lot like the wardrobe you're currently wearing, you can see it from a mile oh, look, away. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it was hot pink, right? Oh, yeah. That, that sticks there out. is no way you cannot see it. I it's really, there for a shock joke. I really but... didn't notice him doing it. Like, I didn't notice, and I was just like, why is he leaving? You've still got a police report to <laughs> fill out. Okay. And then there was that line later on where he's just like, you're becoming a real not in my panties. And, I'm, and he was like, ugh. And I'm like, is that a callback? Did I miss something? And then you guys like, <laughs> you panties. Yeah. And I was just playing along like, yeah, ha, ha, I saw that. Didn't. Look right. Okay, okay watch. Uh... Come on. Come on. Especially when he squats. Come on. I didn't notice it. <laughs> How? How is... Okay, he's been a police officer for what, like 20-something years? More. He's how really he, old. How has he never been over in 20 years in front of someone? Well, you're assuming that he's been a cross-dresser for 20 years. Maybe this is just something new. So, what, every Christmas he's like, no, time maybe, to get a little naughty. <laughs> maybe. What? Maybe it's... he just started. So, they got the Slayer of the Water. Danny DeVito has a lot of money in this movie. Yeah. For a simple car salesman who's in debt. And this... Remember that? They're in debt. Yeah, they were in debt yeah, before the start. Yeah. But... No, they still are. It hasn't ended. Yep. So, rem- calling back to when I was talking about how these two characters were initially introduced as kind of like jokey, almost anti- side characters, not main characters, this scene right here pretty much exemplifies uh, the first time, or well, not first time, it exemplifies how far they've gone from that first appearance. Yeah, and they're humans. They're yeah. really humanised in this scene. This scene reminded me of, in our last Christmas episode... Uh, I'll uh, be home for Christmas. I'll be home for Christmas. There's a scene in which uh, Matthew Broderick, the other Simba, sits in the Christmas sleigh and he has a conversation with like a stuffed Santa Claus. And it's like a yeah. monologue, basically. And that was a scene that humanised him because he was a real jerk in that movie. And I find the parallels between that scene and this scene to be strikingly similar yeah. in a good way where what is it is it, i want to know if i watch enough christmas movies if it's like the humanizing sleigh scene in which people sit in a sleigh and they get humanized i don't know would you think to be fair have you ever seen a grumpy person in a sleigh um no wait wait was schwarzenegger in a sleigh and jingle all the way because he was pretty seen, angry in that movie i haven't seen jingle all the way Get the fuck out I of know, my podcast. I know, I know. Get the fuck out of here. Wait, now we know Hold what on. next year's is going to be. Hold on a I'll second. Be the bar- wait, I'll be the bartender wait, this episode. Wait, 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 oh, wait. I haven't seen anything that's Hold cool. on a second. You said my podcast? Yeah, now it's mine because you're <laughs> out of here. Is Malloy replacing me? Yeah, maybe if you're lucky. Okay. Malloy's a podcast expert. Before uh, we did this, he was like, hey, do you want to... 
play this underneath the microphone? Hey, <laughs> hey, maybe you should put some foam on the walls. You can make me sound less like a 1980s nerd character. <laughs> okay. Actually, guys, if you put the microphone Fine, in my uh, position, uh, you, you, you know me, I do my... You, I do I like, a great Malloy impression. I like... Oh, we need to close the window because the sun's too bright for my shine. I like, how he, I like how he brought up 1980s nerd character because that was like the first question in that quiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was, and I can't remember the answer. It was Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, that's, that's what I put, too. Yeah, so my Malloy impersonation is, oh, jeez, guys. Oh, jeez. Wait a second. Or if that's your Josh Peck impersonation. Did I swap <laughs> my medicine? Is, that oh, Josh, yeah. is Josh Peck with us on the show? No, really, my Malloy impersonation is between that and, hey, guys, what's the deal with pennies? So I, I'm somewhere <laughs> between Jerry a 1980s nerd and Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Are they the same guy? And Josh Peck. <laughs> Are they the same guy? <laughs> I don't know. I think Jerry's a little bit cool. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Wait, wait, can, can you please say that again? I think Jerry Seinfeld's a little bit cool. No, Not... say it so. I think Jerry. I think Jerry. The creator of the B-movie. The creator of the B-movie. Who made a film about suing human rays so the bees would never have to work again. Is, is cool. a little bit cool. A little bit. A little bit. Just a tiny bit. Well, I mean, I've seen little. Seinfeld. I've seen the Seinfeld. Uh, so... This is the scene in which the kids' movie really comes out. The kids involved. Like, him and his dad are working together. And, oh, well, didn't you know it? There's some animal play in here. Aminals, yeah. Not as in a sexual way. But, like, in terms of, oh, there's poop and there's spit. That looks a lot like egg yolk. Uh, I don't know what camels spit. Yeah, I was going to say, the camels actually do that? They do spit a lot. Like that? I don't think like that. Okay, because that seems like weirdly like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Hey, at least he was wearing glasses. It's true. And to be yellow. fair, I think that was part of his contract. He's like, I'm not doing this scene without glasses. The kid was like, I'm only doing this movie if I get to stand on a light pole. How on earth did JTT think that he'd hit rock bottom when he got to get spit on by a camel? It's an interesting dilemma, this film. Although, to get away from the actors for a second, we've got a scene here where the father and son, as you said, are working together. And ultimately, that is not necessarily the phrase working together, what the child wants. He wants to spend time with his father. Yeah, this movie, deep down, the message is... Uh, it's about family. Like, he's forgotten his family in his own obsession with Christmas because he never had a family Christmas. He's doing the... Wrong. He's doing the 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 right things for the wrong reason, kind of kind of deal. Like he's he's doing things that come across as normal and correct, but his attitude towards it is wrong. He needs to actually be like, hey, let's actually do those little moments between. But no, he doesn't like those. Then you love is like, what's your favorite Christmas memory? Oh, you know the one. Well, I was seven years old and I ate chips and gravy off the kitchen floor. You know, that classic. And now it's tradition. <laughs> no, now every, I know. Every year he just pushes the children's face into the floor to eat gravy off it. Oh. Was it gravy? Wasn't it chocolate milk? Oh, chocolate milk, but I thought there was gravy on the chips. Oh, okay. Your your head cannon was to put gravy on the chips. No, my head cannon was that his dad was Arlie Ermy, who's oh, the drill sergeant from metal, Full Metal Jacket, <laughs> where he just like leans over and he's like... Do you suck dicks? <laughs> Bullshit, I can bet you can suck a golf ball through a garden Where horse. do you come from, son? You know where. Do I, son? Do I? Speaking, like... speaking of typecasting. No, you're wrong about that, actually. 
Hasn't he been like a drill sergeant? Every- he was a drill sergeant in SpongeBob SquarePants. He's always a drill sergeant, but Aliomi has done many roles outside of that. But yeah, I guess he's typecast as drill sergeant because he actually was one. Yeah. But he's actually shown himself to be a phenomenally multi-talented, multi-layered performer. Oh, yeah, actor. he was in Crash Bandicoot, The Wrath of Cortex. What was he in it again? He was a, one of the masks that were the villains. Wait, what? Was he Uka Uka? No, no, he was one of the game-specific ones to uh, Wrath of Cortex. Okay, wow. I think he was Wawa. Oh, okay. The water one. So, like, in, in you know, in this film... Biff from uh, Back to the Future was one of them as well. Could Biff have improved this movie? What went wrong with this movie? Why is this unappreciated? Deep down. It has some moments that kind of drag. What do you mean? Like... What moment? Um... If I'm trying to think, I, it's like how parts. I feel like the scene with the carols and some of the other stuff. There's specific, especially the um the race and the scene before the race, like the race and the before the race. I feel like that was twice as long as it needed. But to be. you are coming from this from a bias angle of thinking that Buddy's supposed to be the main character when those scenes are. JTT is the main character. Well, maybe all the critics also thought Buddy was supposed to be the main character. I don't think so, man. You know what was cool about I'll Be Home for Christmas? What? Eddie. Maybe this film needed something of an Eddie or a bully character. No, Danny DeVito was that bully character, and well, so was JTT. Well, I know they've got a rivalry going, but rivalry and bullies, it's not exactly one, the same thing. One made a light show go all night till four o'clock to ruin his neighbor's sleep pattern for a solid week. And then also, this scene alone is great, where he's just like, I got you a car. Also, you have to pay for it. Bye. <laughs> he doesn't even say the license plate says, own me. Yeah, because it's like a car that isn't fully done yet. It's from the lot. Yeah, I, I know. And he's saying... I just, had, I just didn't notice it. But here's the thing. That's, that's what we call mise-en-scene. He is saying that he wants him to own him as a person. Like, he wants to be his friend. Yeah. That is a piece of visual imagery of the film. Like, oh. this is a gift from Danny DeVito saying, own me. And it's kind of like what Danny DeVito wants from the world is for them to own him. And he wants to own them. He wants to be recognized. And much like how since they're bickering and, you know, kind of fighting in all these ways, they want to make it so that they come out on top and they'll, they'll point at the loser and go, owned. I don't know. I feel like you guys are doing more stretching than the gymnast right now. Hey. This is, this hey, is did, going, did you not, did this you going not watch, way beyond did you common not, logic. Did you not watch the film? This film oh, is, I, watched, I watched the film. Look but at I'm this. Like, look at this. He left a bit of a bauble behind. Yeah, this was actually a good scene. Because for some reason my brain, I didn't. Oh, yeah, that's the tree from the other thing. Yeah. Like, it didn't but click But it didn't until, click for him until, No, like, it didn't click minute. for me until this. Until he realised. Yeah. Which I was wow. like, wait. Wow. It's good that we have moments like this for people like Malloy. Yeah, I know. For the slow people who <laughs> don't watch enough no, films. No, we're saying... You and know, to be fair, if the idea was you know, to get him in trouble for having the tree, he doesn't really get much more than a you dick. And you got to your pain in my panties. Yeah, you got a pain... Not in my panties, was it? Not in my... You know what I find very interesting about that scene where... Uh, spoiler alert, the tree catches fire. He makes a comment that I love, which is... Ah. Huh, you sure that was in water? Because that went up pretty fast. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> apparently it's that a was, thing that was they... pretty dry like I get it the trees dry out they go fast but remember the trees earlier that were in the snow in the ground and they went up instantly but that was petrol no but they were only at the roots of the tree not the trees were entirely covered in petrol yeah alright no no fair enough fair enough I love this the... guy by the way he literally opened the scene with being like oh hey there hi sorry I've just got to send off a quick important uh, thing and then went like this Hovered his hand in the air, circled it around, and then pressed a key with his finger. <laughs> like, it's just what I call acting 101. Yeah, it's, it's that funny kind of like... Look, look, he did it again. He did it again, but he was like hithering no, him in. Like, come on in here, bro. You know Overacting superiors are great characters. Yeah, <laughs> I love him. You guys say something about it? Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to remember what it was I was going to say. Oh, oh, the tree. The the one that caught fire in the lot was the biggest one. So I guess if there was any tree to raise the odds of spreading the fire, it would be the biggest one. Yeah, but like it shouldn't have caught all of it on fire instantly. Insta- yeah, it, it instantly combusted. But, uh, but it's movie magic, Ryan. But then, but that's what I'm saying. It's great when he says later... Are you sure that you had that, uh, that tree in the water? Because that, that went up pretty quick. Ooh. So within the reality, it's not movie magic. Oh, because it outdoors. Yeah. And that's why this film failed. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it failed in the box office, because the critics went, those trees burn faster than the other trees. Okay. Two stop. stars. I didn't know you were a film critic, Malloy. Oh, I know. Trust me. It's just a part-time job. <laughs> I got, I got pants with holes in them. I Look, put them it's on. The three, it's <laughs> the three guys in the background. And that guy's like holding his belt up. Like, cause it doesn't, he, those pants don't fit him. Do you reckon <laughs> this was filmed on the same day? Day? No. No? You don't, th- you, they just changed Danny DeVito's tie for the scene. So while he flew over to his home, they changed up the set a bit and like, all right. And JTT was just waiting at, on like offset muttering to himself. <laughs> it's, like, like, it's gonna be alright. Oh, did you hear right. that? Um, he's married to Sarah Jessica Parker in real life. Oh, I know what you're gonna say. Who is you know Sarah Jessica yeah, yeah, Parker? Yeah. In, and uh, the yeah, actress yeah. in this movie plays his wife was also in Sex and the City, and Kristen she Davis she had yeah. to write a letter to Sarah Jessica. Oh, it was a letter. A letter or an email? It's okay. An email, I think, asking permission to be in the film as his as his wife in this, because she she doesn't like him being in films where he has to be all romantic and stuff with other women. So she had to ask permission, and apparently there was a scene. Oh yeah. That was a little too racy for the film, and Sarah Jessica Parker did not like the scene where it was like involving kissing and it's a like bit a playful of playful kissing. One? Playful kissing. Yeah. And it was. It wasn't even filmed, I don't think. I think it was cut all together from the script. And Kristen Davis said it was probably too racy for the movie. And I agree, Sarah was right. It was a bit too racy. It was just like, my God. Sarah Jessica Parker's a monster. <laughs> She's got his balls in a jar somewhere. <laughs> and he's just like, look at... I love this guy. We Last time we saw him was Stepford Wives. Which was around the same time. Yeah, it was, yeah. And look at him in this movie. I love him. He was Ferris... You know, wasn't he Ferris Bueller at one point? I believe so, yes. One Was at one point? Yeah. Look at him now. It's like, what happened to him? And you know what happened? Uh, here we go. Ryan telling it again. <laughs> Laying down the smack. He killed a man. Wait, what? He killed people in... I can't remember when, but in Ireland, he was drunk, wasn't he? Or something. He he got into a car crash and killed the people in the other car. And he's never been the same since. Tragic. 
tragic. So I, th- I think technically that's manslaughter, right? If you're drunk, I mean, if it's unintentional. Well, like... he didn't on purposely kill them. Yeah, no, so but manslaughter. I, but yeah, he murdered people. <laughs> he killed them, and he never got charged with anything. I don't think. I think he was let off. He didn't go to prison or anything. So. He murdered people. He killed them, sorry. He manslaughtered them, Malloy. How yeah. do you feel about that? This man's a killer. Can't you see it in his cold, dead eyes? And his rosy cheeks. And his rosy cheeks that they've rosed up. He wasn't up charged for... for doing it on purpose, though. No, That's but he, what manslaughter but, is. But it's not on purpose. Yeah, he so. did kill them, though. Just because he didn't get time served in jail doesn't mean that he did not kill someone with his car. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, if you look at the history of everything, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have accidentally killed other people. Oh, that's the lady from the beginning. Yeah, the no, yeah, you know? and now that serves no repercussions. That's what I'm just saying. Didn't. Scenes like this. The mean man knocked the down old lady. Scenes like this don't need to be in this film. No, they do because they serve for the comedy. I laughed. This that wasn't scene. funny. This, this scene, was funny this because no, this was funny fun. because you know why Danny DeVito wins. Because he's short and fat. It's a joke. It's No, it's a joke because he's the same size as a child. And he can go as fast as a kid can. While adults, when they do this, especially on that size sleigh, uh, that size, um, what what do you call those? Sleds? Sleds. He can't because his legs are too big. He's too awkward in the kid-sized thing. That's for kids. Danny DeVito wins because he's the size of a child, but it's not a joke obviously made. It's one that you have to go, oh, I love this guy. I do too. <laughs> he reminds me of in the movie Band Slam that we did on this show. Yeah, which There's character? a character that they refer to as a sphinx. Yeah. He reminds me of him as grown up. <laughs> like okay. that, that guy grows I up don't, I to don't become remember, a conductor. I don't remember the sphinx being that kooky. He was kooky. Was he? He was. He looked awkward, but mysterious. Yeah, he was mysterious. I remember that. But that's what I mean. This guy's grown up to be that. I like how they're both one scene wonders. I like this scene here very much, where she's wearing white and she's wearing red now. When originally she was wearing like Kristen Chenoweth was wearing red and the other one was wearing white. It's like the film is showing that not only are the kids influencing each other, but the parents are too. And the. The yeah the the fathers the husbands I guess are also wearing the colors of their wives in a way yeah and it's them they're the last two in the film to adapt to one another oh is this the dance that oh yeah 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 okay to? so this Look apparently at this. what took two, two weeks fi- two weeks five hours a day okay so that look at this that's that's great that's seventy hours in total seventy hours went into this look at it go <laughs> wait really yeah. So, yeah, we're getting... Can I just say, the concept of them doing this at, uh, to, at a pu- big public place, three metres in front of their wives, is kind of... Three metres in front of their... Oh, yeah, yeah, their yeah. yeah just them. over there, yeah. Uh-oh. Like, yelling that out is kind of... Like, oh, the God. joke I get, I kind of understand. I like the fact that their only logical option is to wash their eyes out with holy, holy water. water. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what my favorite part is? There's a PA in the church that announces to them that the ski, that the skating event's about to happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, so I... for the few people that are really religious go, you're not more and religious Bartek, than skiing. I know what you're going to say. You thought, oh, they're just hearing the speakers that are outside, right? Uh, you got me there, Ryan. What? Like... I thought the exact same thing too because they cut the speakers now. But guess what? That exterior shot that we just saw of the church is far removed from the event that we have seen them be in because we've seen the town enough at this point to actually kind of figure out the 
geography of the town and that church is nowhere there's not close enough near the event for them to hear it that clearly couldn't it just be across the road from like a lot of things no it isn't you just saw the exterior shot it was on an empty street look at this everything's covered it has the events all set up that was removed so it has a pa in the church to tell you in case you were praying oh here he is did you know that he actually they actually had to train to ice skate they actually had a professional thing. It was like five months of prep. Yeah, five months before filming. And DeVito, you could really tell. Well, I, I actually only heard that Matthew Broderick... No, they all did. I'm sorry, JTT. They oh, all really? did. Wait. All... Even Fred Armisen and the German woman, they all had to train because they all did the things, except for obviously some of the harder stunts. But yeah, they, they all had to do it. Even the, the sheriff? Uh, is that the sheriff? Oh, sorry, no, the that's man, the, man. the man. No, I don't the think... Man. I think he would because he does get into the race eventually, doesn't he? Or does he just keep getting knocked out? I can't remember. I don't think he... I think he might not have, but still, like, these guys, they're all actually trained yeah, to do it. and they actually look really good doing it. Yeah. So, like, these are... These will be a mixture of stunt people, but also them, really. Because, look, my girlfriend said to me, there's a scene where Danny DeVito's in, and she goes, oh, that's a nice double. And I'm like, what do you mean? That's clearly Danny DeVito. She goes, really? It's clearly a double. I'm like, who looks like Danny DeVito that isn't Danny DeVito? Yeah. And Hurley really going for it. You want to know a fun fact about Hurley from Lost? Go ahead. I'll, it's the first fact I'll learn about him. It's nothing about him, really. There's a guy I know in my hometown who's an older brother of one of my friends. And I didn't know that for a very long time, but it seems obvious. And his name's Ed Duncan. And he looked like Hurley from Lost when Lost was on. And he would always walk everywhere. Like, he would never catch a bus or ride a car. He would walk from home to town. So you always see him when you're driving past on the bus walking. And we're always like, oh, look, it's Hurley from Lost. And my mother works at Big W in my hometown. And she would be like, oh, I'm like, anything interesting happened today? She was like, yeah, I served Hurley from Lost. And we always kept referring to him as Hurley from Lost. And then I found out he was my friend's older brother. And I found his name was Ed. And I'm like, I told him, hey, did you know that we always used to call you Hurley from Lost? And he was like, I hate that. <laughs> he was like, I hate that guy. I look nothing like him. He did. Okay. I, I really like the touch of Gustav uh, to- uh, propelling his wife forward. Oh, that was great. It's like, a, we're going to lose. We're going to take you down with us. Go, wife. I thought it was like, I'm not going to beat this but she can do it oh i saw it as like a yeah i was gonna say like what motivation do they have they're germans that's enough what do germans always go for first place germans usually invade first yeah remember remember (laughs) they don't attack first hey remember what our group is called spit and polish true presence (laughs) she has an incredible amount of freckles and that's the girl from arrested development as well in case you've ever watched that tv show she plays maybe that's a name, maybe, in that show. Okay. Okay, speaking of people who didn't care on scripts, calling someone maybe is <laughs> No, no, it's a joke within the show. Okay, all right. It makes sense, because her parents in that show are so full of themselves that they only came up with that name for their daughter. Like, they're like, oh, I don't know, we'll come up with something maybe. Maybe, there you go. So it's, <laughs> it's not as deep as Survivor. No, it's not as deep as Survivor. Maybe Funke. That's the name of that family. So, uh, Kristen Chenoweth has finally lost it. She's like, I've had enough of this, buddy. You sold the one thing I cared about. And do we know how much that thing cost, guys? 
apparently like $200,000. More than that. Because, yeah, because it must be A, how do you sell that so quick? And well, you know, the there's pawn shop. And yeah, pawn the pawn oh, yeah, shop that can all, recognize yeah. antiques. Well, a a pawn shop that can recognize t- antiques within and a two, night, within one night. And two, a pawn shop that has eight hundred thousand plus in the back of the store to give him. Well, maybe well, it's like a, you know, it's like a video game. They instantly know how much to pay, and they have infinite money. And Danny DeVito, <laughs> if I walked in, if I was owning a pawn shop and Danny DeVito came in with a 16 uh, craftsman chainsaw and said, give me money, I'll, be, I'll give him money. Yeah, but you wouldn't then take the vase. Oh, no, just... then, <laughs> you would force You it. would throw no, money. He's, he's not... He's not <laughs> he would, <laughs> ah! No! Malloy, no! Malloy, <laughs> DeVito's not a thief. He would just give me the vase and said, this, this ponies up the uh, amount. Like he would just be he's 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 a threatening guy, but he's not a thief. You're right. He just goes to stores with chainsaws. I was gonna ask. He's not a threatening guy at all. No, no, no. I was gonna ask if it's vase or vase. It can be both. Yeah, and then I remembered that Devito was in the film Hercules, and one of the songs like had a distinction like, "No, it's vase." Yeah, I think vase is American and vase is British. It could be either one. Who cares? It's like yeah. often or often. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> no, I think often's actually right because it's a T. Oh yeah, but people will most more commonly say often. But there's a letter in there. You yeah, but there's it. such thing as silent letters. Yeah, but I don't think. Often... Oh look, here he is. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did one of my favorite things as an actor, which is <laughs> techno babble. No, 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 no. Which is now think about this. This is a news report, so it makes no sense. But it only lives in the world of acting, which was. And now we cut over to the Maya Earth guys. It cuts over and he's like, Oh, 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 oh hi, he's not hi. Attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 hi there. Okay, let's get on with this. <laughs> like, yeah. It makes no sense. So I mean, the producer, they're being like, Okay, we're going to be crossed over now. And he's like, Oh, 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 oh. It only exists in the world. Oh, yeah, because like, in real life, when they like don't know what's happening, they're like waiting like statically. Yeah, like, they just don't know it's ready yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're like, Oh, oh, okay. Now, how good was this? If you had this across your road, would you be in a neighbouring war? Well, if it was going to 4am, probably. But it, it's the fact... Do you reckon they actually did this, or was this post? Oh, no, they would have done uh, this. Well, I think... The... I mean all the light effects and everything, yeah. including when Danny DeVito's on the house. I Definitely. think the... Definitely live. I think it's special effects. That's what I'm saying. Did they actually you do that live? Are sure? you sure they did that? Yeah. I don't... I think the problem here, Ryan, is that it's not possible. Excuse me. <laughs> I don't know if it's not Excuse- possible. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you telling me that a film with Danny DeVito being projected <laughs> onto his own house by nothing but lights and not an outside projector? Yeah. Live. You telling me that doesn't happen in real life? I don't think there's Are enough you lights. Te- are you sure? He ordered new lights. Yeah, I know, but I mean, for how detailed it is, I feel like there's not enough lights. There are. Also, this whole film could be summarised where instead of buying all these Christmas lights, he just bought a spotlight and aimed it up into the air. No, it's not bright enough. It's a spotlight! It's not bright enough. <laughs> what? Not bright enough. He could have bought a spotlight that was like 5 by But that's five not meters. the point of Christmas. He could have made it green. Malloy, are you Christian? Ah, uh, not really. What are you? Uh, atheist, I guess. He's a heathen, that's what he is. <laughs> Malloy, you used to host a podcast. You come walking in on my show telling me to soundproof the room that I'm in, use this I kind did, of thing I, on my uh, microphone, and now you come in with your high flutin' ways my high telling balloon. me 
telling me that this film isn't real. This is based on a true story. You're right. I remember it in the decades. Ten years ago. And you ago. come here... It's you a story that gets passed from generation to generation. tell me negative things about a great movie. We've already heard the negatives from, from, from society. We're here today to talk about why this movie's great, as well as a few nitpicks and as, as well as a few things to demonstrate why this doesn't, why this isn't appreciated. But you're coming in here just shitting on a masterpiece, isn't he, Bartek? Oh. To be fair, and I will support the film in this, it has some really good shots. You should support the it film. It actually no has some has. really good shots. Why like, did you bring an antagonist on the show, Bartek? Uh, but- I'm British. It's what we do. <laughs> Malloy. It's my British heritage. Are you related to Mick Malloy? Um, ironically, my dad's name it's, is also Mick Malloy. That's true. But it's not the famous Mick Malloy. His dad is the famous Mick Malloy. We'll have him uh, on the show one day. And allow- he'll be like, I was in Cracker Jack. Allow me to tell you the epic divide of the Malloys, which is one of the saddest things you'll ever hear. Malloy with one L is a famous comedian, a scientist, and a great explorer. Malloy with oh, one guy. Malloy with two L's, which is our family line, is an electrician. They own a circus. <laughs> and, and they come on podcasts and they antagonise the movies. Wait, but your last name has one L. With two. No, wait, wait. Flip that. Yes. Why? You don't yes. even know. <laughs> you're messing Hold with on. my mind. Hold on. You're messing Hold with on. my mind. Are you sure that you know what you're talking about? Because you don't even know how to spell your own last name. <laughs> wow. I was, I was wow. taking, I was taking <laughs> over. I was like, wait, have I been spelling it wrong these past like 10 years? Excuse me. How could you, Malloy? <laughs> I was talking about movies before you could even spell your name. And that was a Battlefield Earth reference for you diehard fans. A, a bit of a mix. Wow. <laughs> no best wow. character. By no. the way, in the in the middle of that whole conversation, the the person here who said that that's not possible, it was a demon. I kicked him out. I'm the real Battletech again. Oh, okay. Good, Battletech. Thank God we, he yeah. exercised himself. Oh, thank goodness. Now we've got a real character. Thank goodness that demon is firework. now gone. Excuse me. Firework now dealer? Gone. Firework dealer's on set, and he looks like Eminem from the movie 8 Mile. A, that's hilarious and true, and B, do you know, I would pay so much for a fireworks dealer in Australia right now. Just go to Canada. That's where they live. No, not in, anymore. They still live in Pol- You just don't know where to look. In Poland, uh, it's legal to buy fireworks around the Christmas time. Oh, that's alright. Were you really disappointed that this mega firework didn't explode in any mega way? Yeah, I guess... Oh, it's an indoor scene. We can't make it There's an episode of Malcolm in the Middle, <laughs> if you've ever watched that TV show. Oh, yeah, show, classic. Where Francis and the boys are at the ranch. This is, like, later season where Francis, the older brother, is working at the ranch. And they have a firework. They launch it in the air. It's like a mega one. And it's daytime. And the whole entire sky lights up orange with electrical... Like, lightning shooting in their their face. And they've all got tans after seeing it. And they can't see. Yeah, I (laughs) know. That's what I was expecting. There's... You're expecting there to be no house, basically, when it blew up. Inside. I expected there to be no house, no no JTT. <laughs> like, boom. There's an episode of Saved by the Bell where... Oh, uh, can I mention something about Saved by the Bell? Yeah. I listened to your previous podcast, which was done how many years ago now? Oh, 2012, God. four years ago. Bartek referenced in the four or five episodes I listened to 
Saved by the Bell in every single episode for five minute conversations about Saved by the Bell. <laughs> He's done that in this podcast several times, and I thought, okay, Bartek is kind of bringing it up in this. I realize it's something that's just deep rooted in his psyche. He's like, I haven't brought up Screech. <laughs> it's like it's like the cocaine scratches on his neck unless he talks it's about like it. The full it's, moon like, oh. comes out. it's like the full moon comes out. He's trying to wrestle the Saved by the Bell werewolfism, and yeah. you're like, no, I've got to save the bell. Saved by the moon. Go on, Saved by the Bell. There's an episode where um they have a donkey. The ducky dies. Is it Screech's ducky? No. See, the thing that annoys me about Bartek's Saved by the Bell knowledge, and uh, I guess it's because it has no answers, but I go, oh, there's a character called Screech. Yeah. Why is he called Screech? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> to be fair, does anybody know? No, it's there's just no reason. What, it's just what he is called. His, it's yeah, like it's if I nicknamed Malloy Felt, and then just was like, oh, yeah, if we have Felt on the show, and then just never ever mentioned why I call him that. Did you do that with Ollie? No, we have a reason why we called Oliver stuff. <coughs> but this, I'm just going to like, yeah, felt here. You know? To be yeah. fair, we did the wedding date and that had a thing like that. It was like a guy who's referred to like piss pants or something. No, that was literally the last episode of Thunderbirds. Where it's just like, okay, diaper boy. Oh yeah, that. But, but and we never. Find no, out but why. but remember in in um the wedding date, there's a scene where they're reminiscing about like an old boyfriend or something, and they're like, so. Did, oh, because he, he peed pe- himself. But th- but then they ask why we call him that, and they're like, you know what? I don't remember, and no one in the room. At least remembers. they know that. Oh look. Yeah, there's your nod in the panties reference that you missed the first time. Yeah, no, I got that, but I didn't get the panties earlier on. He didn't get that it was a callback. I didn't oh. get it was a callback, Malloy. Malloy spelt with who knows how many L's. It's a mystery. Twelve. It's when a I, mystery when I write time. your name, when I write your name on the podcast, I got to spell it with four L's. Taylor, I'm not just, even going to ask you. The three mention. mysteries in the world: the meaning of life, where will humanity go in the future, and how many L's are in Malloy. It's all it's going to be. Oh no! Now his remember, family's left. I remember too. when um, because in VC in uh, sorry in Victoria, Ryan um. VC results and like what students are doing post VC is like printed in the newspaper. Oh, and we were that's looked, upsetting. And yeah, when we were looking through all of our ones, there was a <laughs> there was a Malloy with two L's who was like an aerospace gonna be like an aerospace engineer. Was that you? No, no, because he's Malloy with one L. Is I he? Know. He said two before. <gasps> the mystery demons. <laughs> are you aerospace engineer dun, dun, Malloy? Dun. He came from space just to talk about space. this because you know why? He saw a light. Shining oh, from the planet, and true. he had to come down and talk about it. I had to tell the people we about the epic even, story ten years ago. You know what happened in all of our plot synopses of this movie? At no point did any of us really mention the plot. Is actually just about one man who wants to really get his light seen from space. Like that's really the focus of this movie. We is mention that? No, no. But like in our synopses, we were just like, it's about these guys learning the meaning of Christmas. And these no, guys I said it was about a delusional man that wanted to accomplish something stupid. Yeah, stupid. <laughs> but the real story is man lights space. Like, you know what I find great? My Earth can see everyone else's houses. Do you remember why? What Danny DeVito's ex- no Danny DeVito's explanation of why they can see theirs and not his? Oh, because they're bigger. Because he's invisible. No, because they're bigger. Okay. Danny DeVito's house <laughs> is of course the same size, <laughs> if not a bit wider than Matthew Broderick's house. I mean JTT's house, 
And here's the thing I often wonder about this. Where are the other neighbours during all of this warfare? Is it just them across from each other and no one else nearby? I suppose it's that kind of like movie... Not quite magic. Like whose house is that? It's. I think it's implied. <laughs> what are they doing? Yeah. I no, they're that... just like I'm indifferent to this whole entire I, scenario. I had you know that kind of thought as well, but I think the movie's just trying to bring about this idea that everyone really likes the lights, except no. for the. Yeah, that's else. what I'm saying. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone else is indifferent to it, except for this guy. No, they they love it. They, they love that it. They're indifferent. They, they love worship it. him. But he's like, my house is too small to be seen from so everyone else's is be able to, but his isn't. Here's the thing. He wants to be special, yeah? He wants to be unique. Yeah. Isn't the fact that his house the only one that can't be seen special and unique in comparison to everyone else's who's can be seen? But that's a shitty special. Exactly. So that's why he's like, the only logical option is to be seen in space with a light. Yep. It's perfect. <laughs> I really like the fact that there's a review I have here. Yeah. But there's... Also, a lot of plot summaries of this movie that describes the movie <coughs> as this. And you watch the trailer and you think it's going to be this, which is waging two neighbours waging war to be who can be most Christmas, right? But the ads and some of the summaries summarise it as a battle of lights. Like, whose lights are going to be better? That's never in the movie. <laughs> like, at no point does JTT ever try and outdo him with the lights because he is traditional he wants it modest he doesn't want anything showy he doesn't want anything flashy he is simple so and he likes playstation apparently and he is simple he does not go for that but a lot of summaries of this movie are like yes and matthew broderick tries to outlight him it's like they're both sabotaging each other's lights what's it with you getting all these synopses that like out verb things like with the baby's day Mm. out it's like Outgrow them. <laughs> Wait, the description of Baby's Day Out is outgrowing. Yeah, yeah. No, there was something in um, the film Baby's Day Out, which is a movie just about a baby who goes on like a pretty much a physical comedy adventure. I thought it was a movie about a baby who grew enormous in size because the poster for it was one of those illustrated ones, and he's like on a wrecking ball and he's huge. It's oh, like close to the camera. And, yeah, and, and, and yeah, I know how IMDb have the trailers now at the top. Mm-hmm. And the shot, like the still image, was him in the in the like uh, you know him in this kind of the baby was huge in comparison to this object that would normally be huge in the background. It was like a visual trickery of the eye. Yep. So and I read the synopsis and in it there was something like and he must outgrow his this. <laughs> and I'm like, like oh he's like gonna outwit grow. Outwit and outgrow. Yeah, outwit yeah. and outgrow. And nice. I'm like oh he's gonna grow huge. Yeah. And this movie can be misleading and I think that's a part of why it failed. I think marketing, marketing, marketing. Yeah, they People could have sold were... this as like an emotional disagreement. I think it yeah. might have done better. People, well, that's the thing I like about this. It's complex. A simpler movie would have had it like this. JTT hates Christmas. Danny DeVito loves it. Yeah, and they just like, do like a Grinch overlay on yeah, exactly. his face. It's it would like, have been a Grinch or a Scrooge kind of thing, right? But instead this movie is they both love Christmas, but they love it in different ways. And they have to both be understanding and cope with the ways that the other person likes it. To be civil. And I think that's a really mature way to go about a film. Does Danny DeVito love Christmas or does he... He use... learns to love it. Yeah, he learns to love it. He use... he kind of just uses Christmas 
to bring about that special thing that he wants to be. Yeah, he uses it, but it's kind of mixed message, mixed bag about whether he loves it or not by the end. By the end of it, he does love it, but at the same time, he's one of those complicated characters where he did it all for himself. So what is his actual true intent? We don't know. Because it's funny he mentioned that, um, that uh, you know, he could be Halloween because... People do kind of decorate the house. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like how he yeah. didn't like, want to be that, though. Yeah, no, He's like, I've started lights on Christmas. I'm doing Christmas. And this was before they were antagonists against each other. As also, well. the set design in this film is really top-notch, honestly. Yeah. Like, like, the scale of some of the stuff is ridiculous. And, like, are these, like, real lights? Are these definitely real lights. But, like, even on his house, like, outside that effects scene that we argue about... Yeah, real I think the rest house. are real lights. I honestly think that's the rest a are lot. Real. That that's is a definitely lot. a lot of real lights. Like it's a lot of like time. there's a lot of production effort going into this. And I and I like it. And like I said, look, the girls' outfits have changed. Like they're wearing more clothes. I know it's cold, but like before they didn't give a shit. And like I like down there the costumes stuff. The visual storytelling. Like they're not saying out loud, hitting you on the head, going because of you now I've changed. Yeah, no. Like, they're both changed subtly. Like, look, Chris, Christian uh, uh, you know, um, Chenoweth is wearing her sta- same style clothes, but they're more modest now. And then the colour scheme of uh, JTT's wife. And JTT's wife is wearing her similar kind of clothes, but more in the colour scheme of Christian uh, Chenoweth. And the girls have become... The twin girls have become more modest. And uh, JTT's daughters become a bit more feminine and a bit more grown up. And I like that it's just visually told. Like, it's not a big, this is this, this is that. Like, get this in you. It's what you get. To be fair, though, when they did the dance, that was kind of like a jump back to sexual. Yeah, but no, like, that was for a comedy joke. Yeah. But, it, like, you know, like, it's still, you know, like, it's still very good, very subtle, the way yeah, like they did are. the um, reading they reference earlier. We just completely oh, yeah. skipped it inside, but the the girls are actually starting to read. They're picking up things. From Emily the other Dickinson, family. yeah, yeah. They're and then one of them's starting... like, "I should be a lawyer," <laughs> which I don't know why they said that, because it's like a, a dignified thing. Yeah, like Luke. Like uh, yeah. I like that face Danny DeVito just pulled, which was, "You want to fuck me now?" <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that the food looks terrible. Because it's like a callback to... Food food. Food food. Yes. You're know, using food food to yeah. make this food. Yeah. And at no point would her food be any good because both of them can't cook. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. So why would it look any good if they're using her cookbook? I like that. Maybe they were the good cooks all along. Would it be a surprise if Danny DeVito was... No, it wouldn't because he was perfect at everything. I was going to say, wouldn't it be a surprise yeah. if he was a gourmet chef? I'm like, no, no, it wouldn't. What, it's like used... in past life? No, or... like, he just has that skill. Like, well, he's a fair, gourmet he chef level. a whole level. bunch of other jobs, it's possible. All a salesman. So he's, a, he's one of those characters that's just perfect. He's something. Oh, maybe it just looks good, and, like, it's just selling that it looks good. Yeah, maybe. I thought it looked not good, but... Yeah, I like Danny DeVito's character, because you know what I like about him? Their family, in comparison to JTT's, is... You like him because they're self-aware. They know who they are. They know what they are. And that's the journey of Danny DeVito is he loses focus of who he is because he's concerned about who he wants to be. Like, when he was a salesman, he knew who he was. He knew he was the top shit, but he didn't care. Like, he would just stop doing it because he wanted to do something else. Like, he liked focusing that way, but he knew who he was to his wife. He was honest enough to say, I'm an idiot. I'm stupid. I don't think things through. 
he wasn't pig-headed. And this is really a story about how JTT influences Danny DeVito to become an ignorant asshole. Yeah. That's why he's the antagonist of this movie on a level, because he corrupts Danny DeVito Hmm. on a level. Like, he doesn't force him into these things, but he influences him. Anything that's interesting? Yeah, no, it is kind of interesting how, like, all the characters are building and develop upon each other. And they kind of actually change, but not dramatically. They change mm. slowly throughout the film in a way where it's not like, oh, what? Wait, yeah. what? Yeah. They, they all kind of make sense, and they all develop in a way. Also, I love the fact this old lady is, like, in every second scene, and you just have to look out for her. It's kind of like the well, film's version of Well, that's why I put Wally. on my glasses to look out for her. It's legitimately like the film's version of Where's Wally. Where's old lady horny? Where's Where's horny old lady? Where's old there lady? There she is! Hey, look, Ghostbusters. Yeah. That's perfect. It's Hurley from Lost. I know, this is where he ended up. Yeah. Beer. Alco- he's an alcoholic in heaven. Did you say beer or deep? Beer. Beer. Why did I say deep? It was moving. <laughs> <laughs> Bartek's thinking about something else. Why, Bartek? Why? Because Hurley he loves having no. Deep he was throat. moving. Really, ah. he was moving really quickly, and I couldn't read it. Deep, deep. Bartek, I get what you're saying, but sometimes you need to just think about it just for a second. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, you know no, what no. I mean, but it's like, well, would it be deep? What would that mean? <laughs> I was really surprised. This woman is a real yeah. MTV reporter. Like, she's appearing as herself. It's a cameo. She probably actually is, like, the local TV reporter. No, she's the local... She's an MTV reporter. Isn't that neat? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They probably actually hired Yeah, her. because everyone knows Suchin Pak. Or Puck. How you want to do it. Oh, like. isn't MTV a music station? It's every... <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Just because <laughs> the M stands for music. Yep. Oh, look, he's back again. Yeah. Let's dock. Rock. No. Oh, no. Doc! Oh, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> how did we miss that the first time? I don't know how I missed anything in this movie, to be honest. But yeah. I like that, that. Oh, that little kid that just pointed up. That was a kid from earlier that was like, oh, Santa Claus. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. These characters come around. Oh, and they actually didn't have the plug connected at this point. No, that's neat. No, that's actually really neat because they reference it. Remember how the whole thing shorted out? Yeah, yeah. And, and then the kid's like, good. Yeah, in that scene, it actually wasn't plugged in. Oh, that's neat. They this... actually thought about it. Clever. This film They actually is... thought about that point. Clever Trevor. Doesn't that automatically make this the most clever film ever? Yes, yeah, it's the best... that alone. It actually makes it really coherent. I never noticed that before. This, uh, And you know what they do instead? <laughs> Shine their mobile phones. <laughs> the old 2006 block yeah. phones, which I own still. Yeah, same. I'm like, so you right. can just hear it fall on the table now. That was like a Nokia just crashing Oh, it brings on the back table. memories of the pain. They have flip phones, and I love how the son doesn't have a phone, and then someone's like, here, have one. And he's like, sweet, he just starts calling for And it's off. not his mum that passes it to him either. No. It's just a stranger. <laughs> yeah. So he could steal it. They don't know him. He can nick it. Uh, Christian Chenoweth's talent is involved. She's a singer. She's oh. obviously most famous on her Broadway uh, stage version of Wicked. Oh, as, really? Uh, what's the good witch? Alphaba? Whatever. Glinda? Glinda. Which one's Alphaba? Is that just in the American version of the show? Yeah, I think she toured the world, but yeah, the American version, because you yeah, know okay. we have ours with Burt Newton as the wizard and all that. But she's most famous for that. Like She really set in stone how that character's played on stage. Yeah, because it was a good show. She yeah, was... She's iconic for being Glinda, the good witch. Yeah, no, no, it was a... 
She's iconic for that. That's her most famous thing. She'll be what she's known for. That's why when she sings in this, it's kind of like, oh, neat. They're using her natural talent. Yeah, no, no. She's definitely actually a surprisingly good singer. I was like, because mm. I hadn't seen her in anything else singing. No. Because I never saw the she, American version of Wicked. I saw these shows. She's herself. in the TV show Pushing Daisies. She sings in that for one episode randomly. Like, comes out of nowhere, yeah. but it like makes sense in the context of the show, I okay. guess. It's like in, one of those shows where it's like, oh, if they randomly start singing, it's kind of like, okay, fine. In The Boy Next Door, she gets called a cunt. Yeah, this, this was a good callback. This was actually a really good callback. Yeah, because I remember being annoyed when, at Where they JTT. did the bit where he didn't understand with a yeah. sense of humour, and then he ended up following it up at the end. Like I said, this film has some really good beginning and ending parts where they follow up and they bring yeah. callbacks. Yeah, I like that the yeah, candle doesn't. Yeah, callbacks. Yeah, I like basically. that the candle doesn't get put out by the snow. I mean, the snow has to be very precise and land on the candle. But there's so much snow. Yeah, but and the wind and the doesn't moisture. Go everywhere. Look, look at all the gaps in their hair. Doesn't see now, but look, being British. Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> also, Ryan, um, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. Okay. Snow melts. <gasps> Yeah, and it turns into water, Which and then that puts out candles. Candles. It's not enough water, though. Uh, it really is. It really is. No, have you guys ever been... Oh, well, you've been to Japan more. So yeah, that's a lot of snow. It would put out a candle. Look, it was like that in the other And then show. the kid gets electrocuted and dies. <laughs> Actually, there's enough water. This annoyed oh, me. Oh, this is the best this part, where me. it shines and they get yeah, blinded. It's so oh, stupid! <laughs> it was the stupid. Did you see that? <laughs> the curly-haired guy was like... Oh. oh no! Oh, lightning! It doesn't make any sense! They don't even get blinded by it when they're physically standing. Yeah, it should be like. Oh. She blew out the candle! She blew it out! Why did she do that? So oh, she could jump in the air? This is light, right? This film would have made millions of dollars if in the last scene they light up the place. It's so bright, it's just people covering their eyes, banging into each other, and they're all just screaming in agony. I think the movie should have ended with it becoming so bright that the screen fades to white and the credits roll. <gasps> Yes. Oh, you don't know they what happened next. Was it? What happens next? Oh, sequel bait. Oh! So sequel hook. Oh! It's called. It's called uh, oh, another Christmas song. Like what would be oh, another one? Like Silent Night because it's so bright that they like got like uh, flashbangs. Silent Night and it's about Danny DeVito discovers that he wants to be a DJ. <laughs> How good would that Rudolph be? Rudolph the Red Nose Ranger you know, would in, work with that too. But in the scene where the devil uh, replaced me, he kind of was a DJ. Yeah, Maybe that would be like the start of him being <laughs> like in the next movie. He's like, you know, that point there where Bartek was the devil, I was a real DJ. Actually, to be fair, if he flies everywhere after his shots, a DJ would work perfectly for that type of film, where he yeah. goes to a place, plays music, flies somewhere else, plays music. Mm. It'd be just like a part-time job. It'd be mwah, Connor perfect. Crash done. That sounds like a sentence in itself. Connor Crash done. Really? <laughs> Connor Crash done. Really? Wow. Yeah, there's some amazing. Oh, there's a gym done and then Ali done. So we'll get on to All our reviews, reviews and a uh, rating of our choice. Uh, I'd like Bartek to start first. <laughs> Not only will I start first, I'll go first. This movie, Deck the Halls, it was a fantastic Christmas movie and. Uh, this might sound a little silly, but I don't really watch Christmas movies all the time. Who would? Who would? Oh, well, that, Santa ju- Claus? that just invalidates my this will sound silly, Ryan. Oh, okay. Everyone does. Yep. Absolutely everybody. <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. Bad boy, Ryan. Santa Claus watches... That was me slapping myself. Santa Claus watches Christmas movies? 
Yeah. Does yeah. that mean that Jesus watches Jesus movies? No, yeah, that'd Passion just be, of the Christ. <laughs> that'd just be really kinky and weird. <laughs> Lou's Christmas music plays was a subtitle that just came up. Wait, really? Yeah. Aww. So you were saying, Bartek? Yes. Let's Tim Shroom. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Tim Shroom's power. Chris Crash. <laughs> Chris Crash. Chris Crash. Come on. Wait, wasn't Connor Crash just before? Yeah, Connor Crash done. Well, um, there's a few crashes. Yeah. This film really just touches the heart. It does. It, it. Look, this goes without saying. Most Christmas movies do it. It like you know instills the spirit of Christmas. It teaches you you know family values. It teaches you a bunch of things. And like you said, this film's about a rivalry and uh, the contrary to that, the virtue to that, it, it teaches you kind of tolerance. Sort of. It, it kind of teaches you to try out revenge first and then when that doesn't work, you learn tolerance. But, you know, that's not that's not a new thing. That was even in Guess Who. Mm. Um, it's a film that definitely has been inspired by things and definitely has inspired things. Hmm. It is a film that is unappreciated because I think maybe it came out in a transitional era, I guess, because I'm kind of basing this on the fact that I'm, I'm bringing YouTube comments later on to this episode, and thinking about YouTube, YouTube was a uh, website... It didn't exist yet. No, I, I think it might have existed for like a year, maybe a little bit longer at this point. It was back when mm. it was called like, YouTube, broadcast yourself. Yeah. That was its tagline at the time, and I was thinking... A lot of movies that came out, I don't know, let's throw out there 2008 onwards, they'll be heavily broadcast and uh, you know, promoted on YouTube, and thereby a lot of people would go to YouTube to comment about these films, but Deck the Halls, it came out in 2006, where YouTube was just not that much of a... You just had a video of an elephant. It, yeah, a video of an elephant. That was the first... Yeah. It's actually the first ever YouTube video. I know. One I, of the, I, I know. Oh, myself. yeah. Apparently that was the creator of YouTube. Yeah, one of the, one of the founders. Just filmed himself in front of elephants. Yeah. And talking about why elephants are cool. And that's yeah. the only video on that channel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you didn't get so many people flocking to YouTube to, you know, get all the information. But on the other hand, the trailers were still being shown on, you know, TV and films. But as it was a transitional period... I think people just didn't really, you know, pay much attention to trailers for movies that weren't, you know, super, super major. Maybe if there was, like, a superhero movie coming out that year, that would have gotten attention. But all the little guys, all the little movies like this one, not much attention. And as we know now, Malloy and I as of yesterday, but as we're displaying yeah. right now, this is a fantastic movie that deserves appreciation, but just hasn't gotten it. And it's really crazy that there's a fantastic cast to this film. And not only did they... Well, I mean, apart from the one that was telling him to freeze eggs, that's not really her having a bad time, but they all seem to have such a bad time. Mm. I think that this film just... I've already said it, but it just needs love, and I hope and I pray that this episode that we're doing does something for it. Yeah. I give this film a rating of deep because that's what I thought it said <laughs> on the guy. You are 
similar to my rating already. Oh, okay. I'm going to give my review and rating. I'll go straight out of the gate. This movie's fantastic. It captures the holiday spirit in a different way. It isn't your typical Christmas movie in which, you know... Here's the thing about this movie. Although it's about Christmas, it doesn't feel like it's about Christmas. <laughs> it has the Christmas iconography. It has all that. But it doesn't feel overwhelmingly like, hey, this is about Jesus and all this, and this is not... It doesn't really beat you with the Christmas message. It is just a movie that takes place around Christmas. And the general thing that it gets towards is, no, you should celebrate Christmas how you like, but be considerate of others. It did give like a little bit of a... Hey, Christians, we know about you because there was a church in the film. Yeah, so exactly. Like, hey, we, we, that also was after an implied incestuous scene. So, Well, you have to keep it completely the Catholic Church. Yeah, exactly. You might as well follow with the other bit they're accused so, of and then lead it onto the church. So this film captures something that a lot of holiday movies don't, which is it walks the line between being... A family comedy and an adult comedy, whilst also still remaining a Christmas movie. It walks tightrope. And in an age now where all of our Christmas movies are extremely dirty, surprisingly, and back then, this is where it started with Bad Santa. Ten years ago, and this film stood up and said, No. We are going to remain traditional, but have our own spin on it. This film is the living embodiment of JTT at the end of this movie, where he is now looser, freer, but still traditional. And that's a great way to describe this movie. Loose, but firm. I would give this a rating of subtlety out of nuance. That's deep. Wow. See, it's going into how deep this movie is. And that's when you say deep, I'm like, oh, it's close, but loving it. Different enough. Kind of disappointed that your rating wasn't loose but firm, but. No, no, <laughs> when, no. When, Bowel movement. We, loose but firm. Uh, well, we still have your rating and review. Yes. Alright, so the one number one thing looking at this whole entire film, the bit that it does right, which I honestly didn't expect it at all going to the film, although I had high hopes for it. Do you know this film's got four out of five stars on iTunes? Which is where I rented it from. <laughs> That's fantastic. I know, it's so good. I just went on and I was just like, I'm not sure what to expect from this. The number one thing this film absolutely nails is that it always follows up on recurring themes, ideas, elements, and everything from the back. Has some amazing shots. It may have some incredible stretches of logic. Like, way out shot foot. But, as a comedy should. But as a comedy always should. But really, in the end, it really nails what it's going for. It's, it's a Christmas idea where the whole message is about family, but it doesn't shove it in your face. It brings the message across. It talks about conflict. It talks about how conflict is technically a short point, but never actually resolves the issue you're going for. So really, if I had to give this a rating... I'd probably give it the true ending to Lost because this proves and this shows where everything <laughs> goes. The fact that Lost's whole message, I love the fact that you can actually end Lost with this because Lost's whole message was about working together, discovering oneself, stopping oh, conflict. It had, because the whole message was about working each other and getting through. That's why they all got sent to purgatory because they were in between heaven and hell. Is that why the polar bear was there too? That was still in purgatory. All of that was in purgatory. So the fact that 
they've gone from a place of conflict and disillusion and disillusion where they don't know what's going on. They've moved on to heaven and thus found their way in our Christmas movie of choice because this is truly heaven on earth. This is where it all comes back to and this is mwah, the perfect film. I like how you also gave the whole... Uh if I had to give this a rating thing. Because <laughs> that's what so, Ryan does every single episode. I've done it since the beginning. Yep. Okay, so I'm going to read a, a long review uh, from IMDb. Now, we've talked about the positives, but I have compiled some positives and some negatives, <gasps> as Bartek does with YouTube comments as well, yes. m- most of the time. Because we've got to show both sides of this debate, which is, why is this people's opinion on this movie? So I'm going to go with a negative one to start us out, and then Bartek, you can read a couple from you, because this is a bit of a long one, but it is worth it. Ooh, it is long, yeah. It's called, I Found More Heart in Scarface. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What? 2006 from Canada, two stars. We have reached that time of year again. Every year, or couple of years, we have a fake Christmas comedy that comes out just for the sake of making money, with no heart. In 2004, we had The Cranks, which is one of the worst reviewed movies ever. But God help me, but I found enjoyment in that film, believe it or not. I am known as Mr. Christmas. I love the holiday itself, and I love its movies. Most of them always bring me joy. My favourite one being The Polar Express. Oh, come on! Now no, I... <laughs> we are not leaving that! <laughs> My point would be... Your favourite film is one of the creepiest animated But it's a good movie. That, you know, um... Oh, what's it called? The bit where something becomes too realistic but not realistic yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. Uncanny Valley? Uncanny Valley. That film is entirely Uncanny Valley. It's terrifying. Well, this is what they had to continue <gasps> saying. I'm excited. Now I try to find joy in most holiday-themed movies I watch, but when filmmakers have sunk to such low levels, deck the holes, it's hard to melt the cold, hard plastic that it is. But honestly, how could we have expected a classic from the man who brought are such great films as Big Mama's House 2 and the unforgettable Malibu's Most Wanted? I sound very angry, but you know what? Enough is enough. What happened to filmmakers putting heart into a Christmas movie, or any movie for that matter? What happened to being excited for such Christmas classics as Elf? I hate this man! Wait, wait. I hate him so much! The Santa Claus? A Christmas Story? It's a Wonderful Life? Home Alone? Or The Polar Express? Movies? Movies? Were the story. Not where. Okay. Were the story, and the message matter was heart and holiday joy. I'm sick of studios making these Christmas movies that are just released for the simple fact that it is money. These films show what Christmas have tr- has truly become, all about the presents. This film may have had no promises, and I... and... And I may have had no expectations for it, but to sink as low as this and to have such a fake and cold-hearted movie is just sad and disturbing. Box office poison. 
Matthew Broderick strikes again with yet another box office poison machine. Danny DeVito. Like, that's the end of that sentence. <laughs> like, it goes, oh, yeah. It's Matthew Broderick's fault for hitting The sentence is, box office poison. Matthew Broderick strikes again with yet another box office poison machine. Comma. Danny DeVito. Like, is he Wait, the poison? Wait, so he's the poison. <laughs> How do you pick the man we all hate? We all love, and he picks them as the one we hate. Yeah, I know, it's crazy. Never have I seen a movie with such a cast of actors I hate. <laughs> I meant... I mean, at least Christmas with the Cranks had Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis, who are normally two very funny people, to bring some joy to it. In Deck the Holes, we received Danny DeVito, who just makes your skin crawl. And who is always stuck in movies with hot wives? What is that about? Then there's Matthew Broderick, who hasn't delivered a classic or hint since who knows how long. It's been a long while since his fantastic work in Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Election. Two classics. Then adding to that, for female contribution, their nails on chalkboard voices, Christian Chenoweth and Christian Davis. Although Chenoweth at moments is funny in this rather forgettable comedy. Like, they they give her a little bit of a pass there. I appreciate that. DeVito and Broderick have as much chemistry as an apple and a plate. Enough said. What does that mean? <laughs> I, I, I like to bring plates with my apples. My main beef with the movie, however, is something Cranks actually had. A message and an ending to it where all the garbage comes together and you actually cared. Here we just have scenes put together and called a movie. And that ending comes from nowhere but cliche land. It doesn't even strive for something original. It's just put here. Put some heart into it. I found more heart in Scarface. I was waiting for them to kind of loop this around. We have come to the age where story doesn't matter to this film's. You you slap a Christmas theme on it and there you have a holiday hit. I mean, at least the recently released The Santa Claus 3 had a message and a heart. This has nothing. Why does he love so many terrible films? Why? I mean, I mean, it's about a man wanting to have his house seen from space. Compensating for something much? Compensating for something much? Broderick's character doesn't even... He's (laughs) compensating. Penis. But here's the thing. If he's compensating for his penis, then why does he have Christian Chenoweth? Like, if you have Christian Chenoweth as your wife, as Danny DeVito, I think you don't need to compensate for anything, to be honest, but okay. And those daughters, am I right? Broderick's character... Well, they already implied in the film, so really would be a big surprise. Broderick's character doesn't even have a fight, if you know what I mean. Excuse me? Wait, say that again? What? Broderick's character doesn't even have a fight, if you know what I mean. Like, does he mean, like, he's got no passion to, like, I fight? Guess. Or? They could have competed for the brightest house. That would have been more interesting. But no, we have to see him get slammed with camel snot. Oh, it was snot. Oh! Um, camel snot. Put okay. it into his... Put it in its dung. Like, I don't know... Like, well, he, he crawled in shit. He, he yeah, but, in like, shit and but they got, they got the order wrong. Come yeah, on, guys. And worst of all, Danny DeVito make out with Chenoweth. Yeah, that was the worst. Oh, yeah. They were building it up. It, sounds, it yeah. sounds as nasty as it is. 
I pray for her to make a full recovery. This guy. <laughs> the, house, the house being lit with half a million lights is incredibly cliched and very annoying to the eyes. I remember when... Is he I- a mole? <laughs> <laughs> Listen. The, 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 me, one of the best lines in this review is about to come up. I remember when I had retinas. <laughs> Retinas? Retinous. Oh, because he's blind now. Ah, uh, it's blinding to I say think the least. He was n- always blind. The ending again to this film without giving anything away. Oh, at least is he has so taste. fake. Right. It's so fake and cold and so heartless. I was honestly in shock at how it comes together in the future. I pray for someone in Hollywood to come up with an original, heartfelt holiday movie. Bottom line, <laughs> as cold and as heartless as the light bulbs surrounding the house. Review, written by Jordan, at for www.boxofficefanatic.com, in case you need a reference point there. Oh, so he wait, him, wait, wait, so he, he's an official website. He promoted yeah. himself? Yeah, he promoted himself. <laughs> Bartek, as you agree, I think it was a long review, but I think it was worth it, because it really yes. demonstrates how people can be impassioned by this movie to the point of being actually having hate towards it, which does mean that the movie did evoke something. Yeah, it, yeah, the fact that someone's angry enough to say it makes them blind on an oddly specific scenario where they can just, I don't know, turn down the contrast or look away. And <laughs> I understand. I stand not like one centimetre from the screen. Yeah, I feel like that's probably why he didn't like Dan DeVito so much. He saw like a centimetre by centimetre in his face. right? And, up and the, the thing screen. that disgusts me the most is that he called it forgettable despite all that. Uh, despite all the yeah. stuff he remembered. Yeah. yeah. So... A lot of these comments, much like that review, mixed up the Simbas, but, you know, we'll just not acknowledge that. <laughs> um, because, uh, But the, that being said, the first comment is a reference to another Matthew Broderick film. And um, that comment is, that's a lot of lights. <laughs> you know, a, a reference to the Godzilla film where Matthew Broderick oh, said... that's a lot of fish. That's a lot of fish. That's a lot of fish. Oh, I remember that now, yes. Yep, that's, that's, that's a, lot a lot of, of lights. <laughs> yes. That's actually really smart. Yeah. I didn't pick up that until you just said Godzilla. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, This next comment we have here is... uh, Yeah, this guy didn't like it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He didn't like it. He didn't like it, mate. Uh, This movie features an end of his his career, Broderick. Not Broderick, Broderick. Mm -hmm. Lamenting what his life had become. DeVito not caring with a phoned-in performance... And a supporting cast from much better TV shows. Uh, This wasn't a TV show. (laughs) The highlight of, quote, What the fuck, Uri, is two dads loudly and very sexually catcalling their own daughters in a public Christmas pageant. This is not even so bad it's good entertainment, it's just bad. This is not even so bad, it's good entertainment. Oh, not so bad, it's good. Mm. He didn't use hyphens. Ah, fucker. Uh, This next comment we have here is... Opinion entirely invalidated now. Yeah, More positive. (gasps) I got this wonderful and funny Christmas movie at Dollar General. Danny DeVito and Matthew Broderick are so (laughs) adorable in this movie. (laughs) Ah. This next one has uh, responses to it. And uh, it's one of those ones where, you know, you get conflict, and but, like, good prevails in the end for this one. Yeah, <clears throat> it's a Star Wars story. The, yeah. initi- the initial comment. Three-part trilogy. Uh, there, are f- there are three responses, but there are four comments in total. The, fir- the initial comment. I feel like 
I'm the only person on this whole planet who loves this movie and could watch it year round. Yeah, we got with three more here, brother. Yep. First response. It actually is not that good, TBH. Oh. Third com. Uh, second response. Third comment. I love it. I thought I was alone. Last response. Me too. <laughs> Yay! Much more positive. <laughs> There's six of us now. Six or five. We can all be joined together. Yeah. yeah. Six. Six. The next one is unfortunately more cynical. And bad grammar as well. In a scale of one to shit, how bad is this movie? I don't know. Like, first of all, one and shit both imply badness. So, And no one responded to this comment, obviously. Oh, wow. What's the next comment? <laughs> the next comment is... I love that Christmas movie. It's Deck the Halls with Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito as the two dads in Neighbours. This movie came out in theatres November 22nd, 2006. Did he just copy the Wikipedia? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Next comment. Oh. Wait, that's the whole thing? <laughs> well, do you want me to read it again? Just no, so I, I mean, wait. So it was, I like the film, this is when it came out, my review. I love that Christmas movie. It's Deck the Halls with Matthew Broderick and Danny Vito as the two dads in Neighbours. This film came out in theaters November 22nd, 2006. Can we please uh, hold our own pants for the next one? Because I just read it. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> Oh, Do you want to read it then, Ryan? Oh, I'd oh, love to. Please. I'd love no, to. Read it. Oh, no, no, I'll read it. Okay, all right. Just what? Just watch the movie. So funny! Boom! Boom! <laughs> Boom goes dynamite. But there's no like apostrophes or commas or or no no grammar in any way. So it's just well, basically the capital J at the beginning. Just wait, basically. What? Just watch the movie. So funny! Boom! Boom! Yeah, like, just watch the movie. Just, so funny! It's, boom. it's a part of it. It's dramatic. The next one doesn't even have a capital O at the beginning. It's not bad kid Christmas movie. <laughs> Give us another. An eye doctor who lives in a small town who loves Christmas. I'm in garbage movie. <laughs> that was that was like a Shyamalan. Wow, movie. what a <laughs> twist review! I love it. Who wrote that? M Night Shyamalan. I don't know. <laughs> but the I'm in had three exclamation marks. So I had well, to yell. I have another one. I have another re- review here for you. Mm-hmm. It's from 2006 when the movie just came out. It's important to note that sometimes. This is positive. Yep. 10 stars. Fun for the whole family. Really? <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. I just saw the movie with my husband and niece. We really liked it. It started our hol- holiday season and helped to get in the Christmas spirit. We laughed and had a really good time. I love Matthew Broderick. I think he is really great. He is a really great actor. I also like Danny DeVito. That's the end of that sentence. <laughs> like when he is in a movie, he just brings fun. End of that sentence. I love it. End of that one. <laughs> like if you want to see a movie that is just fun and entertaining, then go see this movie. I always love any movie that has to do with the holidays. It gets me in the mood for shopping and decorating. Oh, thank God. That's the turn that took. Oh, thank God. I was like... Okay. This movie... This movie... You went dirty, didn't you? I did. It was just going slowly. I'm like, please, 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 please. Okay, good. I love this movie. This movie you can take your family to and then enjoy some shopping for presents. If the theatre is in, is at the mall, or no one else is in there, you know what I mean. <laughs> whatever you, <laughs> whatever, whatever you, the case may be, 
I would recommend see this movie. Like it just kind of deteriorated. Yeah, <laughs> I and think I, that's the eggnog. And I have another one before you. Oh, what country was that from? America. Oh, okay. I have yeah, that's one. the eggnog. I have another one for for this, and every single word has a capital at the start. Okay. Oh no, so not TeamSpeak. Yeah. Oh no. This is so not true. Ten stars oh. from 2008. So the movie was existing for a while. I really didn't even know they did a remake of Deck the Holes in 2006. Plus, I didn't even know there was a movie called Deck the Holes. I knew about the song, but not the movie. I love the song. That is me favorite Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, there's no follow-up to that sentence. Just, that's the end of it. I loved this movie when I first saw it, and I like how they fight over the house being too bright or not bright enough. And then, when their, their, their wives, spelt as in physically there, wives, 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 and this is in all caps, both! left together and took the kids. I like how they found out where they were and Buddy and Steve took all of Buddy's Christmas lights down off his house. Down off his house and hung them from the hotel where their family was. Back to Buddy's front door and they spent Christmas together and have fun Christmas dinner together. But over... Well, it was... But over... All it was and is a good movie. What made you read that like wow. that? All caps. Oh, wow. all caps. But over all it was and is a good movie. Here, here, here. And wow. Uh, Martin. I love the me favorite. <laughs> me favorite movie is no, no, me favorite. No, no, I love this song. That is me favorite Christmas. <laughs> spelled oh, me favorite Christmas. That was the end of it. And, and that's favorite is, of course, but F-A-V-I-O-R-T-E. <laughs> Um, so just to confess, uh, this is kind of appropriate since you're reading from that. This next string of comments is from the IMDb discussion boards. <gasps> uh, and it comments not only about the film and audiences' reactions, or, like, people who haven't seen it reactions, but also about IMDb culture. <sighs> Good. So the initial comment is, I just read somewhere in some of the reviews that this happened. Is it true? It's relating to, um, the father's cat calling the daughters. First response. Yeah, and the other two are Buddy's daughters. It was specifically about, like, main uh, Matthew Broderick, quote, his daughter. Uh, response. They are not. At least I don't think so. If I recall, Ashley and Emily were with their mother. They certainly were when the race started. And the last response to that one is, turn in your IMDb membership card immediately. You are not qualified to post if you can't figure out that the two blondes were Buddy's twins. That just it just went all over the place. Was... That's the internet freeze that goes from zero to hundred every time. Bam. Well, bam. I just like to point out these next two comments. They're not responses to each other, but they're both in all caps. Now the first one is Simba versus Phil. There's more of you, Bartek. Your people are out there. Yeah. And by the way, the Phil's got two else here. And the second comment, which is very similar and also in all caps, Simba from The Lion King and Phil from Hercules in the same movie. So for some reason, two separate people thought that that connection was worth all caps and just pointing it out. Unless it's the same person who made two separate accounts it just to be. amplify. Uh, by the way... Um, That's a good idea. Yeah. By the way, guys, this next guy, he's just speaking the... Just the truth. 
Those hot twins, my balls are glowing. My <laughs> <Wait>, nuclear? <laughs> oh, wait, what do you mean glowing? My balls are glowing. 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 What is this, I can see in the dark now. It's best. Now, Ryan, you remember how in that last review you read it was that that song was her favourite Christmas? Yes. This next comment is about the song. <gasps> <clears throat> Deck the halls with bells and folly, fa la la la, etc. <laughs> it ends with etc. That's it? No, there, there are some more. Like, uh, another familial one. Um, I saw this with my grandma at the theatres. <laughs> she died stars. while the film was going. Ten stars. And there's the hot grandma in it. Yeah. And I think this one also relates to another comment you read. Uh, and as a response, the initial comment is, I wonder if it was a true story. And the response is... It is. Probably based on one. Uh, read us another. What's her name? God, I love her. I would eat her like a cupcake. <laughs> Wait, the old lady? We finally got someone! Yay! Well, I have two to end us with here. Okay, I don't have too much more, so go ahead. Yeah, that's why I was like, yeah, we're trying this one. <coughs> Cough it up, man. Because this is from 2007, a year after the film. Hearty fair for the holidays. Nine stars. <clears throat> from America, in case you wanted to know. Okay, this is how it starts. You see, what you want to see most times in many instances. Some critics here say this movie is heartless, but maybe that says more about them than it does about this movie. I was pleasantly surprised by this film because it does show heart. Best of all, for Christmas, it shows the real meaning of Christmas, as in the birth of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wait, where? Oh. Subtly, not banging you over the head with a manger. Oh, yeah. well, no, they wrote, not banging you over the head with a manager. <laughs> they wrote that. But make sure to use crucial scenes. Mention the birth of Jesus and use Christian lyrics among the usual secular stuff. So for me, that made the movie all the more meaningful. I didn't catch any embarrassing language or actions. Any <laughs> violence in is any violence is over the top cartoon stuff and the lighting effects are great. There are also some genuinely funny lines, but you need to be you need a sophisticated sense of humour to catch it. <laughs> Especially with the deadpan style of Broderick. It's a really funny, fun family film. I highly recommend it. And don't pay attention to the Grinch critics who say otherwise. They don't see heart in this film because their hearts are two sizes too small. Aww. And then a smiling winky face. <laughs> and then this one is the last one. This film just came out, 2006, nine stars, fun for all. We have three little boys. We, are in, we enjoy going out to the movies, and I'm tired of watching animated movies. It is nice to go see a PG movie that is entertaining for the whole family. Their movies, the, movie, the movies is not spectacular by any means, but it is much better than most. I knew in the first five minutes I would be entertained by the movie as much as by sneaking peeks at my youngster's reactions. This movie's script was not dumbed down, and the dialogue, and the dialogue was very good. Also, DeVito should be doing more movies. I think he does an excellent job in this movie, and they could have made better use of his talent. 
I also like the fact that they didn't worry about making things believable. So many movies in this genre try to make everything believable and it just makes the movies seem silly. We laughed and the children were entertained. It's definitely not a movie you would choose to go out with choose to go out to without the kids because there are simply better movies available. This was the best family movie we have seen since RV. The last 20 minutes of the film will be a bit boring for the youngsters. Young the youngster young Youngster members of the family. Youngster members <laughs> of the family. So just make sure to save some milk duds. The end. Wait, so I kept looking at my children. The young children might not enjoy it. Get them drunk on milk duds while at the end of the film. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay. So the rest of the comments that I have here are from the IMDb message boards. Um, the first one is angry. For <laughs> shame! But it's, be- it's because something was missing from the film. Love. Now, More Danny <laughs> there's a lot of exclamation marks in all caps, so you know, brace your ears. <clears throat> this is so rude! I am so embarrassed! There are no African Americans in this film! None dada diddly squat! Dance. They might have been there. The movie <laughs> includes all races except that one. Not one man or woman of African American descent. Is anyone else appalled by this fact? What is Danny DeVito? That's actually a good point. What is he? Not African American. Well, well he not, he not 100%, know that. but. Also, oh, a little bit? I don't know, is he? <laughs> he's got a little black in him. <laughs> He's got a little Ah, uh, everyone's Christmas wish. Every, a little after A little bit of black. He's got a bit of rhythm to him. Uh, everyone wants for Christmas. Alright, this is <laughs> This is another like string of positive comments. Oh yay. <clears throat> I didn't expect people to hate it so much. Call me crazy, but my mother and I actually enjoyed it. Huh? First response. My daughter and I loved it too. Don't see why the fuss is about it. I'm going to buy it as soon as I get the chance. Next response. Just saw it tonight, and I must say it was rubbish. Response. (laughs) That's so surprising to me. I just really loved it. And the last response. I loved it. I watched it last night with my mother and father. They liked it. They liked it, though. They They didn't love it. it. They just liked it. Next comment. I love this movie. So much when I found I had misplaced my DVD copy, I ordered a new one straight away. This is the person that Malloy loves! This kind of person. The rivalry between DeVito and Broderick is hilarious. I like that it goes over the top. It makes me feel Christmassy. Next comment. And we've only got three left. Oh, countdown. It's the final. We can't <coughs> sing that uh, uh, copyright. You just have to do it out of tune. Minute <laughs> the Guys, let, let this comment go. Let this comment go all the way because he he clarifies something at the end. Hold so your balls. Don't yeah. don't freak out or anything oh, as I'm reading this. Hold your balls. All right. Chestnuts real tight. It's not bad. Trashy sometimes, but make it up with very funny parts other times. I think fags and fags lover didn't like it and consider it homo. Homophobic, I mean. 
But he's a fag lover. How can he think it's homophobic? <laughs> homophobic. Oh, wait, what? Homophobic. He put a P, P instead of a B. So, Jews. That was an insane one. Yeah, and he put three A's in both Sometimes fags. I refer to these as reviews from an alternative universe, and that one... <laughs> Sometimes I just put these down to eggnog. That one. <coughs> right, just, just eggnog. That Second one. last comment. Bum, bum, bum. Granted, the whole movie is pretty stupid, but what mother with an ounce of responsible parent in them lets their 15-year-old go out with sailors on their last night of Oh, leave. yeah, that. We didn't even talk about that. No, oh, yeah, we completely missed yeah, that. Yeah, nothing bad's going to happen there, right? Now, believe it or not, this last comment is the longest one, and it talks about something that we also didn't consider having Shit. not talked about the sailors. That Danny DeVito's dead. Shit. No. Guys, the fact that there were sailors in the film was a mistake. Because they're not near. Because there was something more appropriate to put in their place. Yeah. And that's what this comment is about. Yes. Now, guys, I'm going to read it. As it is, Madison briefly dated some sailor from the Navy on leave, which her dad, Steve Finch, objected to because, according to him, Madison couldn't date. Well, as it is, Madison shouldn't have just dated some sailor from the Navy. Instead, she should have dated a Navy SEAL. That way, they could put Steve Finch in his place. When Steve Finch says Madison can't date, her Navy SEAL boyfriend could come and tear his head off his body. (laughs) Being a Navy SEAL and all, he would have no problem doing that. And then, Steve Finch wouldn't be able to control whether or not Madison dates. Not with his head torn off, now will he? So that's the thing. If Madison dated a Navy SEAL, he could beat the hell out of Steve Finch whenever he tried to keep Madison from dating. So that way she would have it made. Wow, that is not the... the I find a flaw in that review. The point I thought they were trying to make was the fact when you look at the map, the house is right in the middle of the country and Mm. the Navy. So what are they doing in the middle of the country on their last day? Well, they're from there and they're going out. But they got one day to get all the way to the port. Yeah, and they did, planes exist. So here's the thing I find a flaw with that. Why does it need to be a Navy SEAL to beat Matthew Broderick up? Yeah, a sailor could be... Yeah, that's pretty... I could beat Matthew Broderick yeah, but up. the Navy SEALs, uh, they commented... I can't believe I'm, de- like, defending this, but it's... Like, <laughs> being a Navy SEAL and all... He Allows have... them to rip someone's head off. Yeah, he, it says, being a Navy SEAL and all, he would have no problem doing that. Well, I can't, I can't argue against that. You got me there? I don't know. I really want to be a Navy SEAL well, now. That sounds freaking badass. That was fantastic. That's As everything. Well... You guys have been amazing for listening on, uh, and these people were amazing for writing reviews, and uh, Malloy, of course, being amazing for <laughs> not knowing how to spell your own name. Mwah! Bartek being amazing for coughing your way through the show, and I was amazing for the fact that I watched the movie more than once. That's quite... Technically, we've done it twice. Yeah. yeah oh, we have now. I'm in the double digits. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe. Um, as always, you guys have been fantastic, amazing, wonderful, superfluously great listening people, and if you do want to give us uh, a little boost or give us a rating or uh, on iTunes, that's fine. You can. I'm not pressuring you. No pressures. Uh, we also have our Facebook page, which is Spit and Polish Presents, where we, uh, you know, uh, update some stuff there, put some fun little images, videos, just, you know, some fun kooky stuff there. And also we have a post on there in which you can reply to with a list or some suggestions for movies we can do on the show because we don't always know 
what the next movie could be. Sometimes our guests suggest it, and maybe we need a listener to suggest it, because there's a reason why they're unappreciated, and one of those reasons is they're just not talked about. The word of mouth has faded, and we may not even know the movie. But if you raise it to us, we will, and we may do it on the show. Um... So do feel free to do that if you want. Malloy, it was great to have you on, a podcast oh, veteran. Pleasure was all mine. Absolute blast. He blasted himself pretty hard. Oh, well, you saw those twins. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Made his baubles glow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bartek, it's always great to have you on the show, as always. It's always great to co-host with you, even if you're a demon sometimes, and the devil. Well, and even if you haven't seen Jingle all the way, which is disappointing. Um, as always, guys. Right back at you. As always, guys, remember to be kind to each other, and uh, have a merry holiday. Yes, and um, we didn't really point it out, but uh, this is actually the last episode of the year. Mm. And it's also the Christmas episode of the year, so... How I do know, we... what are they going to do? I we'll know. resurrect on the third day. <gasps> no, that's Easter. Yeah, it's Easter, right? How, 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 should we, <laughs> how should we end not only the Christmas episode, but... 2016's unappreciated masterpieces. Well, if I could muster up the energy, I would just fart into the microphone because that's what 2016 has been, <laughs> hasn't it? A real fart in one's ear. I'm sure there was a good film came out this year. Yeah. I mean, no, just the year itself. Everyone's died and Trump's president. It's been a real fart in everyone's face. <laughs> it's okay. Could be worse. How are we going to end this, buddy? Um, what's your favourite unappreciated masterpiece moment of the year? Uh, of the year, I enjoyed the whole entirety of our episode of Annie from 2014. That whole episode, every moment, was fun. Like, every moment he was fun today, but that, I just smile. When I even hear the name Annie. Ladies and gentlemen, we close out and you just need to think of one thing just to calm down and rest. You need to think back to the film Starsky and Hutch where Owen Wilson was a mime. I'm pushing the music. Thank you very much for pushing the music. Owen Wilson did that too. You guys have a good new year and push all the invisible walls you can. Don't let those walls keep you down.